anyway, so Anne, as I was saying to you a minute ago, time's up. <clears throat> the people. She's so, burping. That's right. Crypto Apocalypse episode 100 and, 104. 105. Four. Who fucking cares? You're not so, professional inside. <coughs> welcome to Crypto Apocalypse episode 100. <laughs> and, uh, and, and this week, we're going to open the show by talking about something topical. Ointment. No. <laughs> Ah, that's a joke from the American audience we don't have. So I'm going to talk about something topical. R. Kelly, R. Kelly's been... been your Kelly? He, yeah, he, well, R. Kelly, he's he's a flirt. What's your Kelly done now? He's going to remix and remix himself to prison because the ignition has been lit on a successful court. Wait. He got convicted of fucking girls underage against their will. He hasn't been convicted yet. He has been convicted. He's been arrested. He's been arrested. That's not convicted. He's been charged. Yeah. He's going to prison. He's not been convicted yet. They still have to get all the other stuff sorted out, like the whole um, secret dungeon with his cult and stuff. What the fuck is wrong with the American like American law system, right? There's, there's something wrong there, isn't there? Because, well, like, in the UK, someone does a crime, and then two days later they go to court, and then they go to prison. Yeah. In America... Depends someone... how rich they are. That's true. In America, someone does a crime, then they get Jeffrey epstein right up to the White House with the president. How white do I need to be to, to be able to Jeffrey Epstein my way through life? You'll be rich. I'll be rich. Mm. Ugh. That sounds gross. Do you know the history of Jeffrey Epstein? No, no. It's a really interesting, really interesting history of Jeffrey Epstein. Okay, never mind. Never mind. No, look, you don't want to know. Hey. You don't want to know. You don't want to know. This hey. is a podcast. What is it all about? No, don't worry about it. So this is a podcast. We review stuff and things. Each week we review four things each, don't we, Ant? Possibly. It's been a very exciting week for Ant, because Ant has seen insert movie here, editing, after this. And how did you find it? <laughs> I haven't watched any movies. Well, you... you you said to me you watch insert movie here post editing. Then you really enjoyed why, it. Why do you think I'm going to do editing? <laughs> you've seen films. You've seen stuff. What did you do this week? Yeah, I have seen films. I'm aware of films. You're aware of movies. Yeah. You're aware of the media of film. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool, cool. All right, it's cinema, cine movies, mm-hmm. cinema film movies. All right, well, it's your review first this week. Why don't you go ahead? Why don't you go ahead and review something for us? I've got to think of what four things are, though. Do you want me to go first this week? Do you want me to buck no, the trend? Okay, first, all right, that's absolutely fine. Let's start with um, uh, oh shit! You know, filler Which reviews. End did that noise come out? WWE Elimination Chamber. There's an easy way to fill out. Oh, okay, cool, cool, cool. Because cool. they're reliable. They happen every few weeks, so I can just churn one of those reviews out. It's yeah. wrestling, isn't it? Some wrestling. Kids love wrestling, and I'm probably the only wrestling reviewer on the internet who isn't a twat. All right. Well, I don't think that's true. Come on now. Not all wrestling fans are twats. I Rest, know you. Wrestlers' so. current things is clay. Wrestling reviewers' current thing is claiming that um, Roman Reigns' leukemia is faked. See, I know you and three other people, and of all those people, 100% of them are twats. So yeah. I could say. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's, wrestling's just a weird subculture I never got into. It's very Americanized. I think the problem was that I didn't. Chris Hemsworth is playing Hulk Hogan. Uh, yeah, I saw that. I wonder if it include the weird. part where he's racist. I don't know. I, I mean, I don't know how I feel, but Chris Hemsworth, brave going in for that sort of special well, his, effect. Well, his old um, Hulk, because you know you need to triumph over adversity yeah. and all this sort of stuff. Hulk Hogan's triumph over adversity was he wasn't interested in wrestling and he was big, but he wasn't winning any bodybuilding competitions and so stuff. Or also joining Metallica, as he claimed he was. Oh. He used to claim he was going to be in Metallica. I hope that's in the film. Even though he was like, you know, 30-odd by the time Metallica were... 
15 well, making their albums. Um, but his whole triumph over adversity was being in the right place at the right time and Vince going, yeah, sure, whatever, put the title on him. Look at that hot Vince dog senior. Yeah. It was basically like whenever I watched Diego Luna. We need an American fight. to beat an Iranian for the pay-per-view. Yeah. He won. Come on, get him in. I'd say end it at WrestleMania 7 when he beat Sergeant Slaughter. No, I'd take, take it right up to the Gorka case. Yeah. In fact, have it only about the Gorka case. Mm. Make him seem like a real bad guy, but at the same time, see like seem like the less bad guy in an argument. There was that time when he flashed his dick in front of his daughter for a video promoting DJ Hero, I think it was. That was a thing that happened once. No, I don't remember that, but I do remember... Ugh, should have had so much pork. Yeah. <laughs> My favourite line from a sex tape ever. It's <laughs> lovely. It's 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 both sad, depressing, and also a worrying awareness of how much pork one has consumed in a day. <laughs> so for you. <laughs> no. I don't think I've ever ever been in the situation. I don't eat meat now, but if I did back in the day, I don't think I've ever been in a situation where I've gone, oh god. The cause of this is pork. <laughs> I can tell. You can taste it. My pork, my pork ribs are getting, getting in there. Yeah, anyway, so, Mission Chamber. Yeah, how'd that go? Um, that was a pay-per-view they did. It was, it was actually quite enjoyable. WWE, WWE's main brand pay-per-views aren't, don't tend to be uh, particularly great these days. No. NXT seems to be where it's at. But they had a... They, UFC. A few years ago, this is Elimination Chamber, which is the one where they have the big old cage thing and two people start in the ring and then four oh, people okay. are in cages and every few minutes one of the cages open, it's Elimination Rules and And they stuff. rush in and they get involved. They're, they're like, oh, it's 3v3, you never know what's going on, three people fighting. But um, they did the they did a tag team one a few years ago and it was nuts. It was like basically an excuse for half the guys to do ridiculous stuff off the by hanging from the top of the cage and dropping onto people and stuff like that. Yeah, like they've been horribly injured because of cage matches. It's fine, they're all tiny. They can be thrown around anywhere. But um, they did a women's tag championship match to crown the new women's tag team champions. Because there's, cause the way WWE pay-per-views work now is there's gimmick match pay-per-views, so it doesn't matter what the whole like build-up is to determine what the storyline is. Mm-hmm. You have to settle it in the Elimination Chamber now because it's February. Um, so like even like the smallest yeah. of arguments have to be settled in, it's a, like, in the elimination chamber you'd think like oh we're going to crown the first women's tag team champions yeah why not have a tag team match instead of like a massive great big multi-person steel cage match yeah whatever you just do a regular tag match because it's the first one it's important there's supposed to be a show of who's the best wrestlers mm. wrestlers um, so, but then they put them in a cage but it was a good match it was fun it had some ups and downs and lots of exciting moments and so- you know because I've only my only experience with wrestling is the video games and WWE No Mercy, WWE w- Betrayal, w- Betrayal, Betrayal. That was the one. Yeah. Um, yeah. Which I recently, which I recently did find. I have a copy. I can't wait to play it again. Mm. All I can remember from that is that's where I started liking Booker T. I don't know if he's a playable character or what happened, but I like. I think Booker he T. plays Triple H, Undertaker, and um, Stone Cold Steve Austin. Do you? Booker T is probably a no. Triple H is a bad guy. Undertaker. H, it's Undertaker, Stone Cold Rock. Okay. Yeah. Um, but um, but I, I can't wait to get into that. But um. But one of the things that I've I always thought was the big matches, like the twenty one man like elimination matches where it just fucking goes nuts. They're because the wrestling It's supposed to be the culmination of a feud. 
Or it's but because it's, it's stuff's February. stagnated and they've got someone who's been in control for a long period of time, so it's time to just shake things up massively nah, and get someone, give someone the bell. Whatever, sell a type pay-per-view. But now it's just pay-per-view. It doesn't matter now, though, because they're not selling pay-per-views. They're selling WWE Network subscriptions. So Have they stopped pay-per-views altogether now? You can still do pay-per-views, but they cost a bomb. They're like 20 quid on yeah, Sky I Movies. Know. So like 20 quid or £9.99 to get the entire network. But um, yeah, that, that tag match was good. The women's, even though there's not a single tag in it because it's a steel cage elimination chamber match, fine, whatever. Mm. Um, it's good other matches on the card. The main event, the other one, because they had two elimination chamber matches. The other one was the World WWE Championship match. Um, Daniel Bryan's fucking amazing right now. He's basically... He's back again. I heard yeah. about that. So he's got over his... Yeah, he got over his neck injury. His broken neck is fine. His broken neck, he's yeah. back in. <laughs> but um, he's basically going around being like the saviour of the world and he's like all against like friggin' he's preaching his veganism he's like oh against like um you know fossil fuels and it's all about sustainability and he's criticizing the fans for being hypocrites he even admitted himself as a hypocrite and then he threw his WWE championship belt in the bin and brought out his new one made fully out of fully sustainable materials <laughs> it's made out of hemp and it's got little is like, rocks is, is on this it his character stuff. or is this him in real life it's kind of like a major exaggeration it's like what nut jobs would probably think he is yeah. in real life but he's basically, yeah, his new champion. I actually really like the championship belt. It's, it's got hemp belt yeah. and it's the panels on it are made out of wood and it's like really nicely looking yeah. wood. And all the jewels are replaced with nice coloured little stones that he probably picked up from a beach or something. Probably, probably. Um, and they went, haha, his belt's made of hemp. Is he going to smoke it? And, and then he kicks works. one in the fucking face. Yeah. And then walked out. But, um, they built up this. It was originally like the feud was going that it was going to be him versus Mustafa Ali, who's like mm. a cruiserweight wrestler. And I think they planned to push him up. A notch to the main event because that cruiserweight show is doing nothing. Yeah. Um, but I think he got injured, so he wasn't available for the pay per view now. So they chucked Kofi Kingston in his place. Yeah. And it's quite good because it worked out because years ago, Kofi Kingston was going to be in an Elimination Chamber match and it was going to be his first WWE Championship match. And as he was coming down to the ring, he gets attacked by, attacked by Edge. Yeah. And gets like basically he's replaced in the match and he loses his spot. Mm. And that was a whole storyline thing. Although apparently he didn't find out that was going to happen until the day they were, they were doing filming. the event. Yeah. So he never got his elimination chain match. So he did in this one. And that they spent like, when the match ended, which generally takes about half an hour to play out everyone getting entered into the ring eliminations. It came down to him and Daniel Bryan and they carried on for another like 20 odd minutes having all sorts of like close falls and stuff. And it was probably good. And they made Kofi Kingston look like a star, which is good because he's been around for like 10, 12 years now. And he's never been WWE champion, but he's like consistently one of the most memorable things on the show all the time. Mm. Like every year at Royal Rumble, there's a spot where he like makes some miraculous escape from falling out of the ring or something. Like he'll get thrown out of the ring and he'll manage to land on the barriers without putting his feet on the floor and then hop his way back into the ring or something. Yeah. Like doing crazy, crazy shizzle. I just, I remember Daniel Bryan was a likable guy when he was in it a few years ago and then obviously the neck injury thing happened mm. but also wasn't he like a real bad guy like outside of no no Daniel Bryan's lovely didn't he bloke. beat someone no, he choked Daniel. someone am I thinking of someone in UFC yeah, I don't know so Daniel Bryan is now coming back and he is now the SJW god yeah <laughs> he's, he's like the cuck lord <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's great he's brilliant brilliant is he actually a vegan yeah, he well, he was a vegan for ages. I don't know if he is still now. No, yes. I know he did it because he had like some health thing, so he was he yeah. went vegan for a while for health reasons. But so, um, I don't think steroids are vegan. But da 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 da. Wrestling. What wrestling steroids? I don't think steroids are vegan. Well, yeah, <laughs> you can get them. You can get them. 
Um, but yeah, mm. yeah it's interesting. Yeah. But it's no, good no, to see like someone likable back in WWE because like for so long it's well, been. He's not likable. It's pointing to heel. <laughs> well, yeah, but like <laughs> Daniel Bryan is a likable and charismatic. Mm. Like person, well, he's a guy life. that WWE bosses. I don't think they understood why he was so popular for years. They kept yeah. trying to hold him down. Stuff. It was like the CM Punk thing, where I don't think they knew how to put CM Punk over. But CM Punk like was aggressive enough that he would barge his way into Vince's office and demand to have matches and stuff like yeah. that. Whereas Daniel Bryan's more like he'll he'll just he's just happy to wrestle. Yeah, he was a really good wrestler back in the well back when he was in it a few years ago. He was consistently like he was the person that because I ran a lot of. I, I read a lot of like news about UFC and stuff like that. He'd mm. drip into it because like people were talking about him a lot. They were big fans of him. And there were there like there was at one point someone saying like he's physically he's like six four. You know, he's yeah, he's only about five. Is 12. he short? Yeah, he's quite short. He's only about the same height. I he? thought he was like quite tall, but mm. like I heard he was quite tall, you know, he's good physically. I reckon that mm. like he could transfer over and that was a conversation at one point. Um but also like I watched a couple of his matches and stuff like that and the way he gets the crowd going and things like that was always good and He's an interesting guy. Um, so, and he, like I said, I've been he trans- watching him since he was the American Dragon. Yeah, he transcended mm. outside of the uh, outside of the the wrestling federation. That was the crazy thing is that he, like the Rock and like Triple H, like Stone. Well, they Cold. wouldn't let him. They basically tried to keep him on a contract for ages without yeah. letting him wrestle again because they knew that if he left, he'd probably bring quite a big audience with him wherever he went. Yeah, because um, they've already seen that happen with Cody Rhodes. He's like, they didn't think Cody Rhodes was worth keeping. He went off, and he's basically brought Ring of Honor back to what it used to be mm. to a certain extent it's, Ring of Honor's not amazing these days yeah. I think he's joining AEW now that new one that's like starting up oh it's something okay. some billionaires like funded this new wrestling organisation they haven't even had a show yet but Chris Jericho signed to it Kenny Omega's on there the Young Bucks I didn't realise that that, um, that uh, David Arquette was like getting serious for wrestling. Oh, David Arquette was—he's been wrestling for years. I know, like, I know, but I remember it was like a joke because he won the WrestleMania one year. Didn't no, he? no, he won WCW Championship Did when they were promoting um, Ready to Rumble. Ready to Rumble, yeah, yeah, and in a tag really match. Upset about it, yeah, because it's terrible. But then it turns out that he was—he was wrestling like he's been doing, um, like really the dankiest side of wrestling, hasn't he? He's been doing like. Not backyard. It's better than that, but it's also. We did a death match, and it like he decided maybe I won't do these matches again. Yeah. <laughs> because he did. Didn't he do like a proper death match, like the ones with light tubes and shit? Yeah, like yeah. That, They smash over each other, and he ended up getting a bit bloody. But yeah. um, but he's fought in those before. He was saying he's done that stuff before. Yeah, he's done batches and stuff. That's fucking insane. And that's like the darker side of wrestling. That's where it's like, I'm going to draw a little bit of blood. And a little bit of blood is like a pint just flowing out your eyebrow. So probably, I don't know how much, you know, Officer Dewey money he's got coming in. He's doing quite well. Like, he did a lot of stuff. Did he get a lot? He probably probably got the better half of the divorce from Courtney Cox. That's true. Yeah, because she was in Cougar Town. (laughs) She's very rich. He's not. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Are they back together? Uh, no, no. No, they're not. She married someone else, didn't she? Did she? Yeah, let's say David Schwimmer. I, I can never tell. <laughs> no, probably not. The reason. I don't care. All right. Uh, but, yeah, Elimination Chamber, there was other matches on there. There were solid ones, but I can't remember what they are. So, but I think they were good. It's <laughs> good news. Can't remember now. My brain's melted. Um, <clears throat> but, yeah, there's good stuff. We got... We got WrestleMania is usually the next pay per view, but WWE last year decided they're going to shoehorn another pay per view in between. Okay, called Fast Lane, and I, I don't know why. Um, it used to be there'd be Royal Rumble, a pay per view after Royal Rumble, and then WrestleMania. And the idea was that, like, you know, if something they do Royal Rumble, then you can progress the story at far. That 
No Way Out or whatever is in between then go to WrestleMania. But now they've added another one in, so I've got to watch that next week, I guess, or whenever it's on. Mm. But there's WrestleMania soon. It's happening soon. Yeah, WrestleMania 35. Who the fuck it? I'd get this far. Who would have thought it would have lasted this long? Yeah. Looks like we made it. Anyway, yeah, it was all right. Yeah, cool. Yeah, it was cool. on. Sounded good. Sounded yeah. interesting. Yeah. People right. hit things. Got punched a bit. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. 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 Right, you should um should probably review things. Yeah, I need I? to think of what my fourth thing's going to be. God. Okay, well, um, I'm going to review some complete and utter shit that I watched this week. All right. So, Odeon Unlimited. Thank you, Odeon Unlimited. It's it's always a pleasure to have the ability to go see a film whenever I want. It's how I saw Battle Angel Elite. It's how I saw Happy Death Day to you. It's how I saw other things. Uh, in particular, this movie, I saw Instant Family starring Mark Wahlberg. Yeah. So I don't know if you've seen. Have you seen the trailers for this film? Have you? Have you? Have you? Have you? Have you seen? No, any? I think they played a trailer in front of something I watched a few yeah. weeks ago. So it's it's really simple. So I'm going to quickly get the cast list up so I don't get anyone's name wrong because there's some quite well known actresses and actors in here, but I'm not very good with names. So let's just quickly get the Smart cast. Mark Wahlberg's in it. Mark Wahlberg is one of the main characters, but it's also Rose Bryan. That's who it was. I was going to say Rose Rose McGowan because I'm fucking losing it today. So um, so Mark Wahlberg and Rose 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 Bryan, uh, they decide. Well, they don't decide. They're talking to they're talking to their friends, and their friends go, "Oh, you can never have kids. No, you're useless. You're terrible people. You can never have kids. Look at this nice house you bought. That's a complete shithole. You should do this up and live here and have kids. Oh, you won't ever have kids." And they're like, "You know what? We could have some kids." And then Mark Wahlberg goes. I'm pretty old, which is the first time Mark Wahlberg's ever admitted that into in a film, I'm sure. Because I'm pretty old. Is that why he's also got digital makeup making maybe him look younger? Yeah, maybe that's it. Yeah. But he goes, I'm pretty old. I can't have a baby now because by the time that baby is 70, uh, sorry, is, is, is 20 or 18 or whatever, he says, I'll be an old man and I won't be able to play catch with my son and all this other shit. And then he tells, tells probably one of the only funny stories, it, the, one of the only funny scenes in the film. He has a moment where he goes, I remember I was playing catch with my friend and I killed his dad. And then it goes to a flashback where Mark Wahlberg's like, go along, go along. And then this kid's dad comes out and takes a bag out of the truck to go and take him to the house. And uh, and he's like, oh, Mr. Peterson, Mr. Peterson, go along. And Mr. Peterson goes, okay, yeah, I'll go along. And he, well, he runs about five foot down the road and then suddenly has a heart attack. And he's down on his knees and then this ball that's been careening towards him just lands in the back of his head. Nice. And then he's dead. Nice. That's literally something... And then it cuts back to present tense and that doesn't affect the story whatsoever. There's no reason for that trauma other than to say, I'd be an old as fuck dad if I had young kids now. And he'd die of a heart attack. He'd die of a heart attack. Mr. Peterson. So, cue them going into classes where they find out whether or not they'd be acceptable parents for an adopted child. So that's that's basically... Then we get to the crux of the story. Um, now, this film feels like it was written 10 years ago. And the reason probably I was. said that, that... It probably was. It feels like it was written 10 years ago, and it feels like it was written by several different writers that all had different ideas of where the story was going. So the classes take up quite a big chunk of the film, and there's a lot of comedy. Now, I'm going to put quotation marks around comedy because not not a lot of this film is funny. But there's a lot of um, a lot of ideas that are built that are meant to be funny uh, in those scenes. So you meet several couples. There's a gay couple. There's a Christian couple. There's Mark Wahlberg and Rose Behan who are treated as normies and get the most talking time during these sessions. Well, even though at that point, I would have kicked them out for talking too much. But yeah. And then you get one woman who's trying to be a single parent. She blurts out that she would like a very tall African-American child to be her son. 
And then someone points out, oh, like the blind side. And I'm pretty sure that before, before this film was made, back when it was first written, the blind side was like a big Oscar winning movie and had like lots of buzz around it. It's a joke for people who remember that film. So people would have been in there and they'd be like, oh, she's meant to be Sandra Bullock from the blind side. There's probably at one point, Sandra Bullock Sandy was, Bollocks. she was probably in to play that role. And then it would have been like, people would have been like, oh, that's a funny cameo, that's funny. But instead now, they have to keep saying, oh, like the blind side, you're just repeating the plot of the blind side. And anyone who hasn't seen the blind side is immediately out of the joke for four well, Surely the Christian the couple would be the... Well, yeah, well they, they the have... the blind side's all about how white Christianity can save black folk. Yeah. <laughs> one of the best things, one of the best things about it is there's these constant drop threads. So there's a setup where the kids come home for the first time. One of the kids runs immediately over to this big, precious, like, crystal bowl, picks it up, and Rose Brown runs over. She goes, oh, no, 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 don't don't pick that up. No, don't pick that up. It's very expensive. I'll put this up here. She puts it up out of the way. And then I was like, oh, God, that's going to land on someone's head later, and it's going to be like a joke, you know? That's like Probably a setup. Harry and Marv break in. Yeah, yeah. It's going to be like set up, and there's the joke for you. It's home alone. No. <laughs> and, and instead, when that happens, it's a, quite a low point for our characters. They're all downtrodden, things aren't going exactly the way they thought they would, there's a lot of issues and Rose Brown slams the door and it drops down on the floor and the little boy who only two scenes before this has a nail go through his foot from a nail gun uh-huh. right, only then he's walking in and he goes and he suddenly treads on a piece of glass goes ow my foot and then Rose, Rose Brown just completely unaffected, completely broken by her circumstances, situation, just turns and goes oh, you you okay? And I was like, oh, are they introducing someone like, almost like postpartum depression? You know, like, almost mm. like she's experiencing that because the stress of the situation? Or is there something like that going on? Like, she's basking, she wants the glory days back. But no, they don't do anything with it. The kid, just, he's fine. Turn on some glass, but he's fine the just next day. Cut scene. to him, like, dragging just himself nothing. into some <laughs> toilets, pulling glass out of his foot while talking to the local police <laughs> sergeant. Like walkie-talkie up against Yeah. Um, you got kids, Earl? <laughs> I mean, it's just, it's filled with really weird drop threads like that. Like, that's, and like, there's a moment when everybody's introducing themselves, and the Christian couple go first and they go, oh, well, the Lord, the Lord works in mysterious ways. We're his vessels. We're hoping, hoping we can get some unfortunate kids and we can give them a home and we can look after them just as the Lord, you know, wants us to do. Praise Jesus. And then it cuts to the gay couple and the gay couple just go, well, we, uh, we've been trying to conceive since we met. <laughs> and I was like, there was a little bit of a giggle from me because I was like, ah, mm. oh, they made a sex joke, fine, whatever. That's a completely harmless joke about two people having a normal relationship, whatever. And then, uh, and, um, and then it cuts to the Christian couple and they're like, you know what? We're a loving couple. We're, we're together. We're looking for a kid. You know, some people don't like the fact that we're both guys and we're looking for a kid. Just looking to introduce a child into our lives, we think was perfect. And it cuts to the Christian pair, and they're giving them dirty looks. Like, like, Christians are like that. But there's never brought up again. Mm. That's no conflict to it. It's just this throwaway moment, I guess. Um, it's just the mm. whole film's like that, though. It just picks stuff up and then drops it. Picks stuff up and That's drops the, it. Uh, the, the putting a little subset of American culture there. They're making commentary. About there's, how a, there's a paedophile storyline for gay folks. There's a paedophile storyline. Mark Wahlberg, the paedophile. Pe- pe- no, oh. the girl that they adopt is 14, so she's a teenager when they get her, and that's yeah. why they've got three kids because she's older. She comes with her two siblings. Their mums are crackhead. She comes in, back into the picture later, and there's there's this whole thing about how the mum isn't a very good mother because when the kids come back from her, they're a bit of a nightmare. But then you know they calm down after a few days. But then after a few days, she calls again. She's like, "Can I see the kids?" And they don't really know why she's doing that. And it seems. A bit fishy that she wants to, but that's that's again that's another drop 
Drop Fred entirely. <coughs> and then... Um, Cough into my fucking sorry. microphone, you piece of shit. Um, and then yeah, there's there's this janitor at the school who is texting the 14-year-old and sending her dick pics. And then he's trying to get her to send him nudes. And they've been texting for a while. All right. And the way they find this out is that Rose Byron walks in on the girl in the toilet taking pictures of herself with her phone. Snatches her phone and then starts going through her messages, and mm. then, and then they're like, "Oh look, there's a dick pic. Oh, there's another dick pic. Oh god!" And then the friends who who are visiting, the ones who originally gave him the idea to adopt, they're there and they go, "Oh god, that kid's got a kumquat." They don't go, "Oh god, there's a sexual predator that is clearly communicating with your daughter." Were they in Texas? Let's call the police. No, no, some other. So no Romeo and Juliet law. No, so no Romeo and Juliet law. That. Yeah. Uh, but no, like and. And he's 23. So mm. it's clearly a paedophile. 23 yeah. year old prying on a 14 year old. This would be a moment for most films to reflect and they go, oh, this is, we need to talk to our daughter because obviously we've been focusing on the little so kids because there's a lot of energy. Yeah. You know, it's a lot more difficult to handle those than the adult, the adult, the well, almost adult teenager. She can obviously handle herself. She seems quite independent. She's very smart. She's very witty. You know, we haven't focused on her. That that would be the turning point for any dramatic film. Be let's call the police, take care of the paedophile situation, and let's talk to our daughter and we'll try and work this out. What do they do? They get in their car, they take the two small kids to the girls' school, they go to the girls' school, and they find a little ginger boy that was alluded to as being this person that she was interested in earlier in the film, and they start telling him, get his dick out, because that's what adults do. Yeah. And they start throttling him, and they go, is this you? Is this you? Showing him pictures of a penis on a phone. And, and and the kid's like shocked, dismayed by the whole situation. He's and ginger, then, isn't he? Yeah, I mean, it's and obvious. He doesn't have a soul. Um, <laughs> well, you just be like, yeah, color match, man. Oh, exactly. Um, and then he says, "No, there's only one person with that name, the janitor." And they're like, mm. "Oh, it's the old janitor." So they then go and assault him. Yeah. Which, you know, like any other film, even if it was a comedy film, would take that as the emotional beat of the situation. But no, what happens? It's hilarious. But what happens after that is they forget the two younger kids are still in the car, get arrested. The two younger kids get taken into a temporary care home to be separated from their foster parents because they are a danger to their children because they left them in the car. That's immediately resolved and the kids get to come live with them again. Then there's a court case in which the mother tries to get the kids back. That's completely blown over and then suddenly they're like, Oh, here we go. Your kids are going with their mum because she's got a small place, but it'll work because you're both terrible parents. And they're like, okay. And then the mum falls asleep with a cigarette in her mouth or something like that, or some shit happens or she's using again, and the kids have to go back into care. But then suddenly there's a court case and they get the kids again, and, and none of it feels earned. You know, like, they go from being bad parents to good parents, but then to bad parents again, and they're like... Unable to emotionally handle any situation. They're worse than the kids at handling emotional situations. There's like a few funny times where the kid genuine, like the boy, the boy of the two, he's like eight and he's really bad. He's not very good coordination wise, so he can't play sports and he keeps getting injured every time they're playing sports. So like my boy's playing catch, he throws a ball, smashes the kid's nose, there's blood everywhere. Yeah. And there's like, it's like a weird, like, the running joke would be the kid like constantly gets injured, like every so often he just starts bleeding. And I'm like, oh, what happened? And the kid's like, oh, I don't, I don't know. Oh, like, Oh, I don't, I, I don't know. I just, I've got a cut. It's okay. And then you just randomly get injured all the time. Like, fine, whatever. But at least that's a fucking, that's a joke that's got a bit of bite to it. It's like, we've got to find out why this kid keeps getting injured. But instead, no, it's just like the kid's just discord. Like, he's not very cool. Does no one go, are the parents beating you? 
No, no, yeah. like none of that. Nothing. It's just it's just mush. It's bland, stupid mush. The jokes are insultingly bad at times. No, you don't have to watch everything. No, I know, but I <laughs> so I went to go see this because I saw a semi positive review for it. Oh. Someone had given it like a six Is it out of Paul ten. Ross? Maybe. How many how many pork pies did I don't you give? Know. I don't know. The ending of this, they they went oh, there's a Joan Cusack cameo in it for no reason. She turns up oh, and stuff. And also, Tignataro is one of the counsellors who... Hey. Tignataro, she's a comedian. She's really fucking funny. She and... And Olivia... Uh, Tavia Spencer is the other one. You've got two very funny women in this fucking awful film. Mm. It's just bad. Yeah, Joan Cusick, she's in it for like 15 seconds. She probably produced it. Is it like when Coolio cameos in Leprechaun in the Hood? Yeah. Yeah, that's kind of what it is. Um... Because, hey, everyone, there's Joan Cusack. Yeah, yeah, She's like dancing Cusack. to the hip-hop song. Yeah. Living um, the Hood up to no good. <laughs> Living the Hood, doing no good. Living the Hood, doing no good. It's just, it's bad. It's just a bad film. It's it's impossible to recommend. Like, I don't think this is, this is going to be funny for anyone. I don't think it's going to be interesting for anyone. I don't think the plot goes anywhere. It doesn't wait. It just doesn't work as a whole. And it's not like it's... When I say it's it's insultingly bad, some of the jokes, it's not so bad that you couldn't put this on in the background and it'd just be noise. But yeah. it's, it's bad enough that two hours of your life will be taken by watching this. We shouldn't watch it. That's what are you looking at? You're looking at what I last watched. Well, I'm trying to figure out what I've got to review. Oh, okay. So just carry on. You're talking about some shitty film. Okay. But yeah, so in, in general, it's just it is just a really bad film. And I can't recommend anyone watch it. Well, don't go can't. see it then. Why did you go see it? Because I told you, someone gave it a semi-positive review. I was like, let's go see it. It ends with everyone in the court getting into a picture. And just taking a picture. Or like the bit in King Ralph when the entire royal family die and then King Ralph gets to become yeah, king. Yeah. I like King Ralph. They should bring that back. King Ralph's actually a good film. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, I, I give it... It's an Adam Sandler. It's a piece of shit. Like, I just... there's Who made it? Well, I mean, you've had IMDb up on... Should I find out who directed it? Yeah. Should I, t- should I tell you his greatest hits? We'll it's going to be the guy who directed Wild Hogs. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be him. Don't say that. That upset me if I watched Remember one. he made a film so bad that they cancelled the sequel to Wild Hogs. Really? Yeah, he did that other one, didn't he? Old Dogs. That was what the other one was called. Hey, the one with, Old um, Dogs could be... The one with Robin Williams and Seth Green and John Travolta. Okay. Yeah. So this guy... But no, who directed uh, whatever the Instant Family? Sean Anders. Sean Anders, no idea. So, all right. So, do you want to? I'm going to tell you, he's directed some okay films, but then some very bad films. Yeah. So he directed his first film that he directed was Which Never Been the Entire History. All right. So he yeah, he directed geez. Sex Drive in 2008. Do you remember that film? Yeah. No, I didn't watch it. Was it. actually all right. It was like a throwaway teen comedy. It was actually pretty pretty decent for the time. Uh, but then he went on to direct That's My Boy, Horrible Bosses 2. <laughs> not the first one. Yeah, no, not the first one. Daddy's Home and Daddy's Home 2, starring Mark Wahlberg. Yeah, that's the one Mel with Will Gibson. Ferrell, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Mul- multiple racial, racially aggravated assault convicted felons. Sure, John Lithgow's dragged into that as well, isn't he? He is, yeah. yeah. But John Lithgow, is, is, he's lovely. Have you seen he's in the new Pet Cemetery? Is he? Yeah, he plays. Oh, that's nice. plays yeah. He plays the pet. Yeah, plays a cat. <laughs> he plays the cemetery. Meow, meow. Yeah. All right. Anyway, your review, Ant. Fuck it. What? Yeah. Just man, fuck it. I'll do. Let's do quick. Uh, Titanfall two. Yeah. I didn't review it. I brought it because it was five quid. 
Yeah. Um, and, you know, because Apex Legends came out, I thought, yeah, yeah I never got Titanfall, so I'll play that. I'll play a good game. Yeah. Um, Titanfall 2 is really good. Yeah. It's, it's good. The single player is fantastic. It's yeah, nice, it fun, jumpy about all over the place. It's got nice little mechanics going on. It's sort of, you know, yeah, every, every, every couple of levels, it's a little bit different. Yeah. You get that really cool stage where you're in the factory and it's like building the house around you as you're oh, being yeah. shot at and you're like, and you can run up the stairs and then the house gets put on sideways and you have to like jump up this whole sideways garden for a while. Um, it's clever stuff and there's that cool time travel level. That's awesome. But um, yeah, that's that's good. And multiplayer, I've been playing a whole bunch of that. Apparently it's had quite a boost since Apex, Apex Legends came out. Really? Um, yeah, apparently it's doubled the player count on it. Which is um means there's like two players in there now. No, there's um <laughs> when I've been playing it, usually it means, like there's been about five thousand people on, which is a lot more than the first Titanfall had I found after about a year. After that about a year, yeah. Tanked, yeah. Because yeah. um I remember I was playing Titanfall on PC and sometimes there was like sixty people online and that was mm. it. Um everyone all anyone's playing on Titanfall two is attrition though. No one's playing the other modes. Because attrition is the Titanfall mode. Yeah. Like, you know, I know they've got a mode on it, haven't they, where it's like um, everyone spawns in on Titan's own straight away and it's just a elimination thing, isn't it? I think they've got a mode like that and there's a capture the flag type thing and when we're supposed to charge a battery up, isn't it, or something? Like like something like, it's a bit like Conquest, but you're plugging a thing into it. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. But I, I played it on the beta and then don't remember it since. Attrition's the only one anyone who plays. Um, but um, yeah, that's all right. It's full of microtransactions, that game, but... Like all Is those, it though? It's got hundreds of skins to buy. In oh yeah, skins. Yeah. Sorry, when you said microtransactions, I always, I always immediately jumped to play, uh, pay to win. Loot box. No, no, that's different yeah. things altogether. You kids today, and you're frigging pay to win. It's okay because it's just cosmetic mm. uh, all that nonsense. I don't think anyone's probably buying those skins though, because I mean, yeah, <laughs> yeah, skins in it. It's skin skins is like oh, it's just texture maps and stuff. So whatever. I want actual character models and stuff. Like, you know, I think they've only got like four alternative. Like, I think each of the Titans has a an alternative character model you can get for it. Okay. But, um. No yeah. Megas XLR skins. No, no, no Optimus Prime skin. Oh, that, was a, they did that, that was a great April Fool. Yeah, it was a great yeah. April Fool's. Jerks. But, um, no, the single player is fantastic on it. I think people need to give it a chance. It's like. Because like I was going to get it ages ago, but they keep putting it on sales and bundling it with. Battlefield 1 on PSN. Yeah. Um, but I've already got Battlefield 1, so I don't want to buy that bundle pack. I just want Titanfall 2. Whatever they did it, Titanfall 2 itself wasn't on sale, just in this bundle. No. Oh. So it's a pain in the ass. I was like, oh, fucking bitches. No one that. But um, yeah, I don't know if it's still on sale. I don't think it is now. It's probably be, probably come off sale by now. But if they chuck it up there every now and again, just put a link in Apex Legends menus to buy Titanfall 2. Say, find out more about this universe. And To be fair, yeah. Apex Legends, as good as it is, doesn't mm. hold a candle to Titanfall 2. It's a very different game. You're it's not, just a, very, it's not just a very different game. It's a great game. And mm. as much as, you know, again, Apex Legends, it's really fun. And you're bad at it because you don't play it properly. Because <sighs> you keep running off on your own. I don't know what you're talking about. You're supposed to play as a team. All your lies. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Even the game with me and Paul, we got down to the last couple on a round. And that's with Paul. And he just, like, he does not play games properly was, I was like right pick up stuff you need Paul and then one minute I'm there fighting away and like where are you and he's like I'm still picking stuff up and like he's fucking miles away and I'm like the ring's closing in dude you gotta, you gotta keep up you told me to pick stuff up I said not literally everything like 
Uh, Titanfall's no picking up stuff in that. No one gets left behind. Nope. I do like Titanfall managed to make a team game where there's absolutely no emphasis on teamwork in it as well. It's just fuck it. The closest thing to teamwork is that someone can ride on top of your Titan. That's about as close as it gets. Someone can deliver you batteries as well. Yeah, I don't think anyone ever does. No. But, um, not usually, I usually, if I've got my Titanfall, I wait until I find a battery lying around and then call it in. So I've got the extra shield and I can be a bit more effective. Um, the loadouts on the Titans are a bit weird now, because I think I remember on the first one, couldn't you change the guns, couldn't you? Yeah. But on the second one, it's not you don't change the guns. Each Titan's got its own weapon loadout, and it's the <coughs> skills they have yeah. that change. So it's like, you know, whether you have the instant warp drop or whatever and all that. That's why, um, I, that's why I had to say goodbye to Punchy. Yeah. I had Punchy, I had Explodey, and I had Shooty. Those were my three Titans in the first one. I've been using the one who, um, when you fire three shots, it like creates a lock-on target and you can fire rockets. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, the um, salvo Because he's got a decent health as well. And there's also that really massive tank one that fires the... the um, he fires fucking... What's that stuff that burns for everything? That super friggin... Oh, dangerous. plasma. No, no, it's not plasma. It's that stuff that you can melt any old shit with. Thermite. Yeah. yeah. He fires thermite bombs. And he's got that thing where he throws a gas out and then you blow it up and... Yeah. Pff, Right. It's like a cannonball. He's quite cool. Yeah. yeah, he's he's fun. Yeah. The old time. Um, yeah, and I managed to punch a pilot out of air. When he was That's always by. fun. It's, pff, I always like time. when you get someone who's invisible where they think they're really smart because they're going along the wall and yeah. they land in front of you and they're like, do, 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 and you just take him yeah. down. It's great. Just do a quick dash, squish him. Yeah, yeah. But um, yeah, it's a good, it's a good old friggin' friggin' game. That <coughs> if you do see it on the. Xbox or PSN for like five quid, ten quid, twenty quid, whatever. Just buy it. Do you think that they would? Do you think they made? Because Titanfall Two was influenced a lot by EA. Is EA, isn't it? Yeah, I don't think EA have that much control over what. Well, they don't know about Apex. They didn't know about Apex Legends, but they had apparently more... it wasn't EA who chose the release date for it. Apparently, Respawn insisted on that release date. Oh, yeah, well, probably the biggest dumbest mistake ever. Titanfall One, they had no. They had no influence over, hmm. and that was great. It worked really well. And then Titanfall Two, they were told, "Oh, fans needed this, and needed that," and they changed it a lot to fit. Well, Titanfall stuff. One didn't sell as much as people expected, though. No, but mm. it and it lost its like audience really quickly. Yeah, because it was released on one console. Yeah, it shouldn't have been. Well, it was on PC as well, but yeah, PC yeah. was the same day it was released. Was Call of Duty, wasn't it that year? Well, they, they, I don't know. They came out like no, it came out April, didn't it? Titanfall, the first one. Titanfall 2 came out like sandwiched between the new Call of Duty and new, new Battlefield, Battlefield yeah. which is just bad. Dumbest. <laughs> mm. uh, they should have just delayed it to next year. Got yeah. yourself that post Christmas, like, you know, lull when there's not much coming out. Yeah. Although nowadays that post Christmas lull has now become where friggin' Far Cry sits and mm. a whole bunch of other stuff sits. But uh, no, it's 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 good fun. The shooty 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 bang bang action's good. Really, really, really satisfying shooting. Yeah, isn't yeah. It? Um, I have found myself sticking with one of the assault rifles because I've just got so used to it. It's like it's satisfying to use. The, yeah. I think it's the first one you have actually. The R one hundred one, I think it was or whatever. Yeah. Because um, there is another assault rifle I got, which is the burst fire one, and that's that's effective and good. But I quite like being able to just hold the trigger and yeah, gun the away. Sometimes as well has less recoil. Yeah, if I remember correctly. But um, yeah, and you get those pistols. No one likes a smart pistol, but it's quite I don't use part, a smart, smart pistol. pistol. I've been using them. You got the wingman, yeah. I think the that's big one, using. the yeah. big old, yeah. Oh god, great game. But um, yeah, it's great. a properly, properly great friggin' thing. I think they should do a Titanfall three, but this time don't release it at the same time as. But this time, make it personal. Uh, go to EA, your bosses, and go. Hey, when are you releasing another Battlefield? And they're like, Oh, we haven't got one this year. Oh, it's cool, like, cool, cool. That's when we're chucking Titanfall out. Titanfield. 
Titan Pool. Titan Battle Royale. One of the things that I love about um, Titanfall, one of the things that I, I just haven't had replicated in any other video game, cooling down a Titan, the sound of it, yeah. breaking atmosphere. <laughs> just have, and then boom, and feeling yeah. it. There's nothing else like it in video games right now. Yeah, I like it when it lands on someone and blows their yeah. Titan up. <laughs> I like that as well. Yeah. Yeah, okay. That's good. You should... Um, I guess you could review something. I should review something, yeah. shouldn't I? Your second thing? Yeah. Yeah, because it's 40 thing. minutes in. All right. Uh, Jesus, I played, fucking Christ. I played Battlefield 5. Why? Because it's a Battlefield game. I told you I was going to play it. I like Battlefield. I'm a big fan. I've tried playing Anthem, but <laughs> if I've If you were a really big fan, you'd have your name in the credits of Battlefield games, wouldn't you? Anyway, so why? Because there's so few people playing them that they just list all the players in the credits now. Uh, no, I'm just saying that one of us here is credited on three Battlefield games. So. Okay, all right. Do you like Battlefield games? No, not anymore. Yeah, exactly. Get over it. Actually, uh, Battlefield 1 was quite good. Battlefield I 5. Yeah, Battlefield 1 is really good. But Battlefield... Yeah, it takes a bit of getting used to, it but does. it's just slower pace. And it's uh, yeah. I played 5. slower pace and it's a little bit weird. But anyway, Battlefield 5. So um, it's the first time I've played a Battlefield game and I felt like it could have been a Call of Duty game. It's a lot faster than Battlefield mm. 1, and it's a lot faster than Battlefield 4 was. I think that's just because they saw the trend is moving towards mm. more arcade stuff, isn't it? I think you're right there. Um, but let's let's get into it. So it's the return to World War 2. It's been quite a while since we've been yeah. here. Battlefield 1945. Yeah, everyone was asking for. Yeah. Is it? Has it been yet? Battlefield Nine, 1945? No, 1943, a couple of years ago, had it. 1943? Yeah, Battlefield 1940, 1942 is the original Battlefield games. Yeah. Battlefield 1943 was the Xbox Live Arcade. Xbox 360 one. Yeah. Yeah. So that was the last time. So that's what, seven or eight years? Ten years? Yeah, but it's still... Still... Are we really getting back to World War II well, again? Well, let's, let's go... Because Call of Duty did World War II again, Let, wasn't it? Let's get into it. Let's get into it a little bit. So, um, what, are the, what are the benefits to going back in time when it comes to these video games? It simplifies the systems. It stops all that. So, when you go into the future or your present day, there are too many magic science workarounds through, you know, equipment and bits and pieces of technology they're using the wolf in the um, in war now that make it so that games can be stacked against you fairly quickly. If another team has something like a drone and they have something like a helicopter, you're more than likely gonna lose a game to that. You can sort balance of it out by giving everyone syphilis in World War Two. That's true. That's true. Yeah. So World War Two we're taking about going back in time and uh, and and what I found is that I'm enjoying it a lot more than after, you know, after all the negative press and the fact that EA are fucking every release of their games up royally by not knowing how to release a game They didn't anymore. mess up Apex Legends launch. No, because they weren't in control of that. Yeah, it's weird that. Um, so It's weird. So if you bought Battlefield 5 on a certain day, you could play it on PC. And then the next day, I think it was Xbox. And then it was PS4 or PS5. No, it was, or... um, it was dependent on if you had the Origin Pass or oh, the EA Access Pass and okay. Premiere and... If you pre-ordered or brought the Ultimate Collector's Edition. So it was just that Because every simple. game needs eight fucking release dates yeah. now. <laughs> so it was just that simple. Hey, no. what did they do that with recently? Anthem. Yeah, Anthem. Yeah, weird that. Yeah. Um, weird. That, that's part of the reason why I haven't got my review ready for Anthem. I haven't played it enough because... Fuck it. So many people aren't playing that game yeah. already. But anyway, that's that's besides the point. So Battlefield 5... I made a Sonic Hedgehog RPG once. <sighs> so Battlefield 5... That was 5. good. Battlefield 5. Yeah. Let's get back into it. So World War 2 simplifies things. It's nice. It takes it back to where a lot of these shooters broke their broke their teeth really where they where they started out. Yeah. Um and straight away jumping into a game, I was impressed by how much it avoided all the fuck-ups of every Battlefield game I've played in the first month of release previously. Yeah. You know, 
I, I did, I had a go when it was released because I have EA access, so I had the free 10 hour pass. So I had a go back when it was first released and it just worked. You know, I didn't want to, re- I didn't want to review it then because it was still, you were getting server issues when people had shit connections and things like that. So it wasn't necessarily the game's fault. I think it was just people being bad. Uh, well, whatever was going on, it was just technical glitches based on servers more than anything else. Because you'd have one match that was absolutely fine, a certain person would leave, the match would find a new host, and then it'd be fine again. So it's just people having shit connections. Fine, mm. whatever. I can forgive that. So I played it for like an hour back then, and I gave up. I was like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go on with other stuff because I've got too much stuff to play. I don't need to do this now. And I came you back don't have to, to it. Play everything? No, I don't. No, I don't. So I came back to it on my. I've still got nine hours of my pass left. I started playing, and uh, <clears throat> and it is it is so good to be playing a Battlefield game that feels like Battlefield again. Uh, Battlefield One, like you said, it was slower. Doesn't it felt like Call of Duty. No, 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 no. I'm getting into that. Don't worry. But I think you're just saying nonsense. Conquest is like Conquest again. Battlefield mm-hmm. One, Conquest would often feel like you were playing a game of. Where can I spawn that doesn't have another person behind me? Oh, no, there's another person behind me and they're on the enemy's team. I'm dead. And that would happen way too often in Battlefield 1. Battlefield 5, that doesn't seem to happen as often. I don't know if it's fewer players or what, but that's nice to have that not happen every five minutes again. Um, and then also on top of that, snipers, things like that, they've, they've basically simplified everything. So each class has a certain amount of weapons and the weapons are locked with levels. And then once you level up, you can get the next weapon. There's not like all this cost shit. Yeah, the unlocking stuff in Battlefield 1 was a, was a nightmare. a fucking nightmare. Because yeah. you would get puzzle pieces for some stuff, but then other stuff you would unlock straight away. Mm. It wouldn't tell you how to equip it or how to do anything with it. And then when you tried to equip it, you had to buy it. But then why did you have to buy it if you received the full thing and it's not a skin? Who fucking yeah. knows? It was just a nightmare. With this, here are your weapons. Pick one. There you go. There doesn't seem to be any battle packs or anything yeah. like that. That's nice. Yeah, there's no loot boxes in it. No loot They did boxes. a thing where you could like... Like a season pass, wasn't it? With the special edition, where for the first uh, eight weeks, I think you got something each week. Oh, okay. But everyone got the same thing, so it was like it was basically like dripping out extra stuff for the deluxe edition owners, okay. or whatever. Who cares yeah. about that shit? Which people um, went and said was the same <coughs> as loot boxes, and it's like it's not like cause everyone's no. getting the same thing. Um, but um, but yeah, I I loved it. I love playing Conquest, but it's a big but. When I go into team deathmatch, that's when it starts feeling like Call of Duty. Team deathmatch for. Battlefield. You know Sometimes you want to mix things up. So I played Team Deathmatch, and it feels like it feels like Call of Duty. It doesn't. It's not. It doesn't feel like Call of Duty now. It's not like the bad ADHD Call of Duty, but it feels very much like Call of Duty World War Two. Mm. And I think that that might just be a byproduct of the fact that there's. We know the history of this event. We know the Holocaust happened. We know that you know all that stuff happened. We're not, people on the internet. So. We're not right wing morons who go the Holocaust never happened. All that other shit. We're not cunts. We're not scumbags. We're not. Idiots. We know history exists. We know what happened. And that means that there's already this familiarity. If you, you didn't know that when you were playing Call of Duty World War Two. No, 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 I didn't. Because yeah. um, I learned about it from this fellow online called Alex Jones who told me all about how Sandy Hook was a hit job. Mm. Crisis actors. Mm. That's what those Jewish people were. You and your white-wing propaganda. You and your left-wing liberal cucks. Mm. fucking people are idiots no um, in, in all honesty because we had that we had that familiarity already we've all seen films of those weapons we've all we are so so used to that you shit you weren't aware of World War 2 before <laughs> yeah no but we are so used to that shit and it's just it, playing Call of Duty World War 2 so recently and then jumping into this 
there's not as much of a disconnect as I was hoping. And I think that that's just by design. I mean, that's the problem. I think it's just by design. Those settings, the design of the gameplay when it comes to Team Deathmatch is too similar How's to... How's the mantling in it? What? How's the mantling? You know, when you mantle over things. Oh, when you jump over stuff, it's yeah, fine. Mantle. It's actually really that's nice. That's the key part of games. <laughs> it's really nice because, you know, if you've got something that's, that's above eye level, and in mm. like most games when you, you get something like that, you sort of just jump into it, and then you're like, oh, mm. I can't reach up. In this, if you get something that's high, you can reach up. It just takes longer to to get over it, mm. and that's quite nice. They've also introduced this thing where you can build sandbags around stuff. Yeah, um, little known secret about Battlefield 3. Originally, you were going to be building stuff in Battlefield 3, and that was going oh, to be right. the gimmick. Ah. But um, Quake Wars Enemy Territories came out, and that was Quake Wars Enemy Territories' uh, okay. gimmick. But originally, you could do stuff like you could chuck down sandbag in place, which you could put a gun turret down. Yeah. You could walk up behind someone who's sniping and put a whole fucking tower on them. Yeah. So they were suddenly inside a tower. <laughs> um, but that was like the super early version of Battlefield 3, where it was basically, it was the Battlefield 2 engine. Yeah. Like the gameplay, the map was a modded of one of the Battlefield 2 maps. Yeah. But it was like a really long map, so you could like take planes and fly them straight down the middle and stuff. Oh. Um, the best part of it was because it was all losing placeholder art. When you summoned an object, little tiny teddy bears flew out <laughs> because they were using like the placeholder yeah. physics object. That's pretty cool. But um, yeah, it was quite cool that because you could just like you could go to a bridge and it would be like a bridge would be an area you're fighting on with yeah. like cars on it and stuff, and you could just like pop down a gun turret and sit there on the bridge gunning people ah. down. Yeah, there's a little bit of that in there. Yeah, um, but yeah, it's 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 actually really nice to have that. It's you know when you jump into like Fortnite and it's the whole game is building stuff and trying to. You know, outwit people yeah, that way. Yeah, drives me nuts. The bloody controls and that I can't yeah. get on with. In this, people just drop them and make like yeah. walls. Yeah. Or they make like you've got like there's a one level with a church, and mm. you can't do it as on this ramp that goes up, but you can do it on all the other entry points. Mm. So you can sort of make a choke point, and then if someone's trying to get over, they, because it takes longer for the animation to do the thing when they reach over, mm. you sort of have a bit of a chance of stopping them when they come from the other points, and you focus on the choke. It's mm. really it like. Like I said, Conquest is phenomenal, and I might actually get the full game once I've done this. They put Rush Mode back in it now, haven't they? I think so. Yeah, yeah I but think I that's one chance. of the DLCs for. I haven't had a chance to play it yet. I know that in April they're bringing out their Battle Royale thing. Yeah, sixty-four player thing, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. I'm thinking I might try that, but mm. I, if I keep playing it as much as I'm playing it now, I'm probably going to use this by the end of the week. Use the little trial thing. Yeah, you're gonna have to buy it. So then I'll buy it. Um, but yeah, it's, get it's, it cheap now. It's pretty. Yeah, it's like twenty quid. Probably. So, uh, but yeah, it's fucking great. I really recommend it. Like in a rage, they put a woman on it. No, <laughs> I don't give a shit. It's not <laughs> fucking idiots. Yeah. Oh god, people are morons. There's women in my video games. Well, did you see that someone, someone on the what? Well, I say someone. All of the right wing little fucking dickheads who have nothing but these stupid little vendettas to put their time into have suddenly started saying boycott Brie Larson. Get oh, yeah, her. Yeah, yeah. And have you heard why? Because she said, I'm kind of bored of seeing a bunch of old white people in my press tours. Can we get some women? Maybe get some guy, maybe yeah. get some guys of car. And the reason is that if anyone has ever watched a press tour for a superhero film starring a woman, the top three questions, do you know what they are? It's usually like, what's your costume yeah, like? Yeah. What was it did like you wearing think the, the costume? guy was hunky in it. What do you think? What, what do you think? What was it like wearing the costume? What was your chemistry like with your male lead? Yeah. And, 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 you know, do you feel like there are enough roles for women in Hollywood? And that shit gets so fucking boring. I mm. get pissed off. But have you seen how much chemistry she has with Samuel L. Jackson? Uh, people are saying apparently the script's terrible because in the trailer they didn't like the jokes. 
Well, Samuel L. Jackson and her have been on like press tours and stuff, mm. and all of their Instagrams, both of them, it's them just hanging out like she's got like this weird old black granddad. Mm. <laughs> and it's really sweet. Well, they're filming the sequel, Black Snake Moan, aren't they? <laughs> so, yeah, got to do the follow up. But got to get I, that Black Snake Moan money. To, I'm really looking forward to it. Is Black that Snake Moan on a plane. Yeah, <laughs> Black Snake Moan 2, Moan Harder. Yeah. Um, I'm really looking forward to it. It's out next week. I'm seeing it on Friday. I've already booked a ticket. Yeah, I'll go see um, it when it comes out. Yeah. I've got the week off, actually, that Have week. Have you? Yeah. Oh, there you go. I can give you my uh, Odeon Unlimited card. You can be like, this is Guildford. me. Yeah, but it's cheaper than buying a cinema ticket and working. Yeah, so. I'd have to go to Guildford. Yeah, but it's cheaper than buying a cinema ticket and working. Guildford. Shut up. Um, but yeah, no, um, I'm, I'm really enjoying it. It's not, it's not, again, we're, we're back into this where I have to justify everything I do. It's not a perfect game, but like perfect films, perfect game you wouldn't want to play again. So it's something I want to keep going back to. So it's like a solid, solid Chris Hemsworth. Yeah. Playing Hulk Hogan. Playing Hulk Hogan. Eating too much pork. Eating too much pork. Oh. Imagine him saying that, that with his Australian accent. Looks <laughs> like a bit too much pork, pork there, mate. I feel like sometimes when we get into this, we I do need to I didn't spend the disclaimer that neither of us believe any of the opinions of any of the right wing media outlets because <laughs> we do sometimes get convincing. Oh God! All right, your review. But you should be open to their discourse. <laughs> Debate me. What? What? What were women saying if rice pudding was male? Why won't you debate me? Because what I'd rather doing? pick shit out of my ass with my fingers. That's because why. I'll debate. Actually, I'll tell you what. I'll debate someone. But here's the rules. There is a fact checker. And every time you lie... A fact checker. A fact checker. Fact, oh. Fact checker. And every time you You're lie... You're going to go on a fact hunt. Yeah. Every time you lie, there is live fact checking of everything you do. And if you lie, you lose 50 points. It's first of yeah, 300. Gryffindor. First of 300. If you tell the truth, and there is no disputable evidence that you are... You know, you lying. see him getting upset about um, Jade in Mortal Kombat having slightly less revealing costume. No. The Living Corpse. Because <laughs> Jade's a fucking zombie in the yeah. Mortal Kombat games now. She died in Mortal Kombat 9 and they brought her back as a zombie. She's a corpse and they want her to be sexier. They can't wank to this. Fucking numbskulls. I want them to put all the most revealing costumes on Scorpion and Sub-Zero. <laughs> I want like long, low neck lines, like pecs just bulging from it. I want, I want G-strings. To... So we've had the tip bouncing end, Jane. Right. I want to make this a world where we can have a crutch bouncing engine. Yeah, get the um, physics from frigging Mount Your Friends. Dead or alive. In it. Yeah. Awesome. I want to like flapping people in the face. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They're so fucking stupid and lonely, and aren't they? Yeah. That's the problem. It is. It just boils down to people being stupid, sad, lonely, and they need a way of, ex- you know, they don't believe this shit. I don't, I don't think anyone believes this shit. I think it is I just, really? I saw someone saying that, um, I think it was actually Gra- Graham Linehan. I think. You'll say his name right one day. I will one day. Um, he said on thing, he said the greatest trick the, uh, the devil ever pulled was convincing that, um, convincing white male, oh, convincing left wing white males that they are in the minority. And I, and I just responded, I was completely sensible in response. It was just, it was just, I'm pretty sure most people believe the opposite. Yeah. But no, apparently not according to, him. to according to right wing fucking cunts. Yeah, but when oh, he says fucking white shit. males, he's talking about trans women. That's is what, he? yeah, because he, he? he doesn't regard them as he women. He thinks they're men, yeah, because he's a fucking scumbag. He's a tosser. He's a bit beaver bothered. Oh god, he's such a fucking cunt. Sure anyone who's anyone who doesn't just want people to be happy with their lives is a cunt, aren't they? Let's face mm-hmm. it. We get to the point now where we can say this: 
If you have a problem with gay people, you're probably a cunt. If you have a problem with trans people, you're probably a cunt. You got a problem with people of colour? You're probably a cunt. If you got a problem with someone just walking down the street holding hands with their girlfriend and she's a different race from the person that's holding her hand, you're probably a massive cunt. Like, it just, I think that that should be the identifier, isn't it? Shouldn't it? Like, mm. it's like, oh, uh, uh, sorry, what's up? You're a feminist. Oh, you're, you're a feminist, but you're against trans women. Feminazis. Oh, why are you against, why are you against trans women? Oh, you're against trans women because you think they're taking your jobs. You realize it's harder to get a job if you're a trans woman. You realize that there's still a stigma around those people. Oh, you don't? Sorry. No, because you're, you're probably a cunt. Um, and that should be, I think that should be the argument for everything. It, it shouldn't be like, it, they shouldn't be able to turn around and go, um, in science, uh, you don't get transgender animals. It's like, yeah, because animals don't have trans, don't have genders, you fucking moron. Who, who, what, where are you getting your, where's your science from? Oh, well, I read a book by 1986's, uh, Philip Racism, um, and he said that black people are stronger, but white people are smarter. Um, can you, do you, do you care to comment? It's like, yes, people have brains. And I feel like you haven't engaged yours when thinking about what you're going to say to me. So I'm just going to say right now, you're a fucking cunt. You're probably a cunt, aren't you? You're probably, probably a big cunt. Clearly, I mean, if we were to have that argument, it'd be a point against white people because I'm assuming you're a white cunt. Anyway, and your review. So you view Battlefield 5? Yeah. 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 You're going off on one again. Yeah. Sorry. Just wasting time. Sorry. Fucking twat. Fucking pedophile beard. <laughs> It's the remix to Ignition. Mm. <laughs> Gonna sell him my kitchen. Not got the money. Sell him your to... children. He's not got the money to post bail, has he? It's hey. 100 grand bail. doesn't have enough. Well, Mark Kelly? Yeah. He's got the money. No, he doesn't. He's, he's legitimately poor as shit. Yeah. Anyway, uh, uh, Tetris 99. How's that? Uh, Tetris 99 is a great reinvention of an old classic. It's funny you should say that because I played Tetris DX. No, no, don't, don't switch on your fucking fake Game Boy. <laughs> Um, so Tetris 99, Nintendo just like plopped out there the other day. Uh, For free! Like, free, yeah, it's a free freebie. Um, it's very, very bare bones. It is literally just the Tetris 99 mode and a menu. There's no, there's not even any stuff explaining like what some of the things mean in the game. Tetris to the end, baby. There's, there's a couple of things in there that are like unique to this game that it doesn't explain, but you can mm. figure it out as you go along. So basically, you have 99 players on there and. You can choose who you're targeting, and it'll be like random people, whoever's attacking the most, whoever's nearest to being defeated, stuff like that. Um, it you can also use the left stick to choose who you're targeting, but to be honest, there's like 98 other fucking tiny little Tetris things on the screen. You're not going to notice. No. You're not going to pay attention to that until you get to the end, maybe. But then it's going so fast, you're probably not doing it. You're not going to get them. But um, <clears throat> it's it's frigging great. They've like they've made it so that you're just constantly learning how to play Tetris better. Because you can't just get away with your same old tired, oh, I'm going to get a line here, a line there thing. You know, you get extras for doing T-spin moves, which is tricky. So everyone now seems to be, people are learning about T-spins now, which is one of those Tetris advanced techniques that the kids don't think, didn't realise existed. What and was stuff. it? T-spin is when you um, take a T-block and you rotate it into a gap. Oh, right, That's, yeah. You know, a misshapen gap. Yeah, yeah. Um, because you get it does more damage to the enemies that way in multiplayer, but um yeah it's friggin' it's friggin' rad. It's only got the one music. I think she let you choose what music you want to play at the start. Yeah, it's only got that one. Oh really? But it's kind of nuts that there's been two Tetris games this in the past year that people have gone and said potential game of the year thing, and one of them's like a VR experience with like sight with you know music integration and all this sort of stuff, and the other one's like a Tetris battle royale. Like, 
We've freaking done. Um, I've, I've played a whole bunch of it and enjoyed the shit out of it. I came, the closest I've come to women, winning is like third in one round, which was like, it got heated. That thing friggin' goes so fast by the time you get to the end. It is nasty. I was watching someone playing it where he got stuck into a, um, a game against one other opponent who was just like, right at the end, there's just the two of them and they're going at it and it was heading towards the Grandmaster Tetris arcade game speed, which is like where it's just like, ding, 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 like chucking blocks down. Um, you do have odd times where you feel like you lost the round because the computer decided everyone should target you. I've had ones where literally I've been knocked out in the first like minute because when the round started, like seven people were targeting me and I'm just getting a shit ton of blocks chucked on me. But um, it's friggin' rad. Um, I want to see him do the same thing, but with like Dr. Mario or um, friggin' Poyo Poyo. No, like, Dr. Robotnik's Mean Bean Machine. It's Poyo Poyo, you idiot. No, Dr. Robotnik's Mean Bean Machine. No one likes Dr. Robotnik's Mean Bean Machine. That's not the music. But they did Tetris, um, Poyo Pop Tetris, didn't they? Yes, they and did. And it was rad game. Though. That was a Switch Friggin release. On and PS4 as well. And X it's on PS4 as well. No. I know it's on PS4. It's yeah. on PS4. It was released it's like... not cheap on later. PS4. It is. Yeah. But I would rather have it on Switch. Yeah. It's a good, <laughs> good little handheld game. Yeah. Um... But there, it's there's they've that Puyo Puyo Tetris was great as well. That's, that's how many Tetris things. games, man. They're doing good with the Tetris recently. Mm. Um, but yeah, this one just it's like I say, really bare bones, really simple. There's not much to it. I reckon they'll probably add stuff to it as it goes along. Um, you know, I'd like to see a duos mode where like two people work together to try mm. and take everyone out. That'd be kind of nuts. But, I'd like um, to do like a hot potato version. So you know, like two people each have a controller, and it's your go, and then mm. switch to the next person. Do the next. I'll do a Poyo Poyo Tetris mode where one person's Poyo Poyo, one person's Tetris. Yeah, and as the round goes, every now and again it flips. Yeah, and the other person takes over. Or just get the old Puzzle Fighter version. Yeah, Puzzle Fighter, good old classic. Yeah, but um, Snake Tris. Or was it called? <laughs> what was it called? It wasn't called Snake Tris. Wild Strike or something like that. It had like snakes that you manoeuvred into place. Um, there's a yeah, Alexei Pieknov game that he did on the SNES. Um, but yeah, it's it's free, so you got no excuse not to try it. Um, yeah, it's worth playing. I'm not entirely sure what some of the things mean on it. It's like I think when you do well against other people, your game starts to speed up because there's these arrows that start appearing. But to be honest, I'm usually concentrating so much on trying to get lines mm. that I just don't notice what's going on with the mechanics yeah. of the game. Because there is there does seem to be a couple of little extra mechanics in there built in. Um, I've seen some people get a crazy amount of knockouts on that game as well, like. Mm. Yeah, properly, properly. But it's good just Battle Royale stuff. Tetris, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, it's really simple. But it's crazy. Apparently, loads of people are playing it. It's like, I like every time I played it, I've had one game where I didn't have ninety nine people and I had ninety eight in it instead. Um, but it's just like it's just chucking in. Everyone's like every so it. often. I go back and play Battle uh, Bloodborne again. Like and um, and there are still people playing that all the time. People love Bloodborne. I know, but <laughs> you're not going to get ninety nine in one. <laughs> Yeah, Bloodborne 99. There's just a load of people running towards each other with swords and then stopping about a fifth of the way in because they have to wait for their stamina to yeah. go up. <laughs> it's quite cool it's a Nintendo one and they haven't done it like their usual Nintendo Tetrises where they chuck in loads of older modes. Mm. I, I think it'd be cool. I think they. I don't think they need a training mode or anything because Tetris itself is the training mode. Like Everybody knows how to play Tetris. Yeah, it's not just that. It's really obvious how to play it. Yeah. Like Something's falling from the top your instinct is to arrange it at the bottom. Yeah. That's all you need from Tetris. I would like it if they had a version that was... Because it sounds like the current one, there's a little bit more... Um, there's a little bit more... Um, 
a little bit more multiplayer aspect to it where you can affect another person's game. Yeah, you can switch around who you're targeting and stuff as yeah. well. So you can look on there and see someone's near death and you can flick the right stick to go to um, people who are near death, yeah. like attacking the KOs and it'll go boom and it'll target you against someone who's uh, near that. I think maybe maybe instead of that, have it so it's score-based, so you've just got the score countdown. It depends like what you do. There's like, there's, Is there just a score-based There's mode? like... It's random KO attackers and defenders. Okay. So you'll get them. You can switch to be the most, the ones who are defending the most. So the ones who are constantly getting lines the most. Yeah. Or the people who are like doing the most damage to others. So yeah. the ones who are getting the tetrises and the T spins and stuff yeah. like that. And KOs, it will target whoever's nearest to death. But um, random, I usually just leave it on because you know it gives you the odd moment where you get a little bit. Mm. of relaxing time because it's put you against someone who sucks okay yeah but it does move you around as far as I can tell it all cool. every few seconds da, 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 da. <laughs> that song has never made me calm it's a very relaxing it never made you calm it's never made me calm 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 it's always made me fucking tense hmm. I'm gonna What's make the... it better I'm gonna take the Tetris music out and replace it with the Sonic Edge or Drowning music oh. <laughs> And it never stops. It just keeps getting worse and worse until you fail. Then it goes... But yeah, Tetris 99. Buy it. It's free. It's good. It's on Switch only. Yeah, that's interesting. That's interesting. But yeah. Soon we're going to have Halo on the Switch, aren't we? Possibly. Wouldn't that be interesting? The rumour is that... Game Pass thing is going to have Cuphead and um, Ori in the Blind Forest first. That'd be nice. Yeah, but I could see them doing like um, chucking a couple of Xbox 360 games on there. Maybe the scale battle might move over. Yeah, apparently. That'd yeah. be good. Platinum. That'd be really fucking good. I would like Vanquish on the Switch, please. Ooh, Vanquish would be great, actually. Yeah. That's probably an easy port as well, considering yeah. the tech that's used in the Switch. Yeah. They could chuck in some of the new <coughs> graphical touches from the remaster they did. And What was the weird game that they did way back in the day? The one where you're a female cyborg? Um, yeah, it's planning Project number five. Yeah, Project was. three or whatever it was. Yeah, the one on Piano three. Yeah, on GameCube. Yeah, yeah. Weird game. Was that Platinum? I think it was. I can't remember. No, not. It was one of the early Capcom. The ones at Capcom were like we pledge exclusivity to GameCube, yeah. and then like half the games didn't come out. So. Yeah, yeah. Like Dark Void. Dark Void came out. That's the uh, flying jetpack yeah, thing. So bad. No, they had one that was like a. It was a, like a Muso game or something like that, where you were flying around, turn into a demon, and attack things. And it was like that big battles. Awesome. And it didn't get released. And Project Number Three came out, and no one played it. Um, Resident Evil Four came out. Everyone loved that. And I think the other one was Beautiful Joe. Oh, so good. Yeah. Beautiful Joe needs an update. Give us a high def widescreen version of Beautiful Joe. You don't you even have to us, do anything to it. Just timing. freaking. Just put them both on the same cart. Release it. Twenty cummy. quid. More a like cummy. a cummy. <laughs> Is it my review? Yeah, sure, whatever. Is it my me. third review? Yeah. I'm going to review... Um, I'm going to review... You haven't even thought about it. It's your third, third review. third review. I'm going to review a film that came out a little while ago, but I didn't get a chance to see it in cinemas because it wasn't... It wasn't really on. Can you get through a sentence without making no. a weird noise? Because it wasn't really on in our area. Like, it was out for about a week. Um, and I was kind of excited about seeing it because it's got a bit of... It's got a few name actors in it, but... You know, that's what the film? way the cookie crumbles. Um, it's a British film, released Just last get on year. With it. Uh, it's a horror comedy, sort of. It's got some great actors in it. Just One of them in particular. Say what it is. Oh, fine. I saw Slaughterhouse Rules. No, I don't care about that. Um, starring Simon Pegg, Michael Sheen, and Nick Frost. 
Yeah. Um, and it's a fun little romp. Uh, the story is a young man who's lost his father recently um, has been um, has been accepted at a private school. It's one of the ones much like where David Cameron and old uh, old uh, Boris Johnson went to, you know, where you fuck a pig's head and stuff like that. Oh, nice. <coughs> Can you not? Sorry, I genuinely am trying to clear my throat. <coughs> Don't do it, do it before the podcast. All right, yeah. Um, so he ends up going to this school and, um, and uh, yeah, you meet the cast. You've got his roommate, who's a bit of an oddball. He uh, he has asthma, so he doesn't play any of the sports and stuff. He gets out of that. But at the same time, he's a bit of a troublemaker. You see that he's got a gun in his room, so Ooh. there's a bit of that. But obviously, we're not American, so we don't shoot schools up, do we? No. So, never happened here. Not in the last 20-odd years, 25 years. Since no, school, no school kid has. No. Ever. Yeah, we go. So, it's uh, weird, that. Weird, yeah. Odd. Yeah. Anyway, but, you know, it's not commentary on anyone, is it? It's not commentary mm. on anyone. That's the right-wing idiots want their guns. So, anyway, so uh, let's go back to Slaughterhouse Rules. So, um, British school, blighty, blighty, blighty school. Bunch of kids, you get your archetypes, you got hot girl, you got, you know, duh, 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 archetypes. Your arch- archetypes. R-type Delta. Yes. Or R-type Final. R-type DX. R-type Dimensions. Yeah. Um, so, you've got your, your archetypes here. So, you've got the psychopathic bully, who is a sixth former who um, revels in the pain of others and is said to be the son of several war criminals, which is a really nice... Several? Film. Yeah. Like, so... No, sorry, sorry. The the son, grandson, and great-grandson of several war criminals. Oh, right. Um, and so he, and he... He... At one point... That's that's spouted way in the beginning, and then at one point later in the film, because I remembered it quite well, because it's a weird line to be in a film. Um, later on in the film, he, he turns around and actually says... Do, you haven't nothing that your family has done has ever been invaded in this country. Do you know that my my family spilled their blood for this country? And I was like thinking, what does he think his parents have done? <laughs> like, <laughs> who's the kid who defends concentration camps? He's Jacob Rees Mogg. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so um, so yeah, so um, we find out that there has been fracking on the school grounds, and um, and the fracking tower they use is this massive comically large fucking tower so the size of like one of the working construction sites right now and it's just belching fucking fire out and it's like the people that are there are always standing outside of it smoking and drinking cups of tea Hmm. whenever anyone runs past and um it turns out that underneath the school there's something quite dangerous and they have accidentally released it and it's Hmm. these subterranean mole rat looking giant monsters that kill people nice um, and they uh, they end up going out, and uh, it's up to up to our intrepid band of kids to uh, to fight back against the monsters and hopefully save Slaughterhouse. And people get dispatched in some pretty gory ways, and it's kind of fun. Nice. Do you get to see kids getting ripped apart? They say fuck quite a few times. What? I don't think I see any. I think you see a kids. couple. Of, you see a couple of kids die. They say fucking shit a lot. And I'm pretty sure when this was released, it was like a 12A. No, it was a 15. Was it a 15? Yeah. Oh, okay, that's fine then. I was, I was like, oh. Oh, yeah, you wouldn't want 12 year olds hearing those words. Fucking shit and piss. They would cunt. never. Yeah. No, they didn't, they didn't want to hear cunt when you're 12. Yeah. Um, anyway, um, but um, but yeah, it's really surprisingly what do 12 fun. 12 year olds watch these days, PJ masks. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's, it's really kind of fun. Mm. But um, I can see why it didn't get a lot of attention. There's a Margot Robbie cameo. Because <laughs> you know Simon Pegg. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, what was they was, there was a film they were in together, wasn't there? I think it was that weird one where they were well, in a, a sl- hospital or something. No, isn't it the one where he's the um, assassin? Yeah. 
Was she in that? No, no, that was uh, you're thinking Teresa Palmer. Uh, No, he was in a film recently with her where it was meant to be Alice in Wonderland, but it was like an adult version, and it was like in a hospital. I've seen the adult version of Alice in Wonderland, Uh, but um, but yeah, no, she has a cameo as a doctor who was working at the school, and she's now in Africa, Hmm. like doing aid work. Um, And what's her accent meant to be in this one? It's Australian. She's just doing an all accent, but he um, every time he gets a call from, he's just in tears and like a complete state, and it's just like. It's a very good performance from Simon Pegg in this weird role. Um, Is it one of those cameos from Margot Robbie where she was just like... She's on a webcam the whole time. There's a green screen behind her. That's it. Yeah. She was on the set of Birds of Prey or whatever the fuck she's filming. (laughs) Um, But yeah, it's it's She's on the set of Unfriended. Yeah. (laughs) She's on a webcam. Yeah. Um, It's surprisingly fun. It's silly. Um, It's got a few gory kills. And the special effects aren't bad. They use practical effects in a lot of the instances. There's a really nice trick where, because they're subterranean, they have this smell to them. But when they're panicked, they're obviously not sniffing the air expecting to smell monsters. But the methane gas they give off, or methane, however you want to pronounce it if you're an American idiot. Your fane. Your fane. Um, (laughs) Me too fane. (laughs) It turns flames green. So a lot of the scenes get this like so they're like there's moments where someone's lighting a cigarette and the lighter the light turns green but they don't notice it but obviously we know it said it's an indication the monster's coming and it's it's odd to have that that in a film but yeah. it does give some great mood lighting to one scene that's completely lit because they have a power cut before the chaos happens and in one of the dorm rooms there's candles everywhere they've set up like an emergency aid aid station and one of the monsters is at the windows and they they, they haven't like broken through or anything yet so the people don't know that they're there but everything turns green and it's mm. this really nice natural sort of creepy yeah. weird effect that you don't get anymore mm. but um but yeah like again it's it's not like it, it, uh, if anything it is it is a bit of throwaway crap but unlike modern family it does a lot with what it's My got compared to modern, family. Uh, not modern family instant family um unlike yeah. that film that had millions upon millions of dollars it's had probably a couple of million quid but it, it really didn't have a high budget, but they did Probably a lot made with a lottery it. grant. All British films yeah, are probably. these days, aren't they? It has a kid from Sex Education. He's quite big now. I think, is it Asa Butterfield that's no, in Sex Education? D- don't dig into people's weight, man. Like, <laughs> it has him in it, and he's he's actually really good. Isn't he? Wasn't um, he, uh, what was he in? He was in something. He was in that other weird film that I saw recently, that Time Freaks, I think. I'm just quickly Wasn't he the kid from... The, Ender's Game. Yeah, Ender's Game. That's the one I think of. Yeah, yeah. 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 Oh no, sorry. He wasn't the one in Time Freak. It was another kid. But um, but yeah. yeah he's, Jesus Christ. He's done lots of talk, boy in the striped pajamas, things like that. But um, but he's really good in this. Like he he has. It's alluded to that he was in a homosexual relationship with a boy that killed himself because of the bullies, which sounds like a dark route for this to go down. Mm. But it is kind of a plot point. And it's made like a big point of in the story. But um, he he also has like a little snuff box. And he seems to think he's cool for sniffing the shit from the snuff box. And everybody calls him out and he's just like, well, whatever you do or you want to do, whatever, I'm going to do this. And it's just like, you're one of those tossers that does that and it's just fucking stupid. But fair enough to you, kid. Uh, but yeah. The snuff box is full of sherbet. <laughs> but it's it's nice for someone to actually have characters that are children and not just like, there's a monster outside the door, Dad. Like, you know how kids are usually running these sorts of films. Yeah, they're probably trying to get on that whole attack the block style, like, you know. Well, I was hoping to review Kid Who Would Be King this week, yeah. but I didn't get a chance to see it in the last couple of days because obviously the, all the ferret and the vets and all the other shit that we're dealing with. Um, you didn't pirate it like normal? No, no. Yeah. I Well, I've got Odeon Unlimited so I can see all the films mm-hmm. I want, so shut up, Anne. I don't pirate stuff. Yarr. Um, but what are you um, doing I give, with your little, give... mo- your little 
Game Boy thing, your fake Game Boy. What's wrong with this? You don't play stuff. Only games that I own. Yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah definitely. All the games I own, like yeah. Shantae. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I give uh, I give Slaughterhouse Rules. It's it's gonna get uh, Jamie Lee Curtis. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's most people's opinions on Jamie. No, Jimmy Lee Curtis has done some great stuff. She's also done some utter shit, so it's usually a 50-50 spread of shit. And your review... Do you know the 50-50 spread of shit? What? The children's entertainer Blippi when he... Um, Who's Blippi? He's a children's entertainer. Who's he, is he an he's actual kids. Yeah, he's got a YouTube channel. He just does... He's actually quite a harmless kids' entertainment. He jumps around the place, builds sandcastles, you know, shows kids friggin' construction site stuff it's quite cool because he knows how to drive that stuff as well so he like actually does the whole moving the digger around and things yeah but um years ago he did a video where he like shot on one of his friends oh i heard about that yeah it's fucking hilarious i it's just it is weird brilliant yeah yeah but anyway um i'm gonna review are you ready yep it's the end of the disney era what is it power rangers rpm getting gear yeah go it's fucking great. Okay, so this is this is what year of Power Rangers? Jesus, it's two thousand nine. So sixteen year series of Power Rangers. No, no, it must be more than that. Jesus, but Power Rangers RPM is a series that basically did Power Rangers in for Disney. Good on them. Um, so Disney never really had much interest in Power Rangers. They basically they brought the like they got the license from Saban. The show was getting ratings at the time, and they was toys were selling, so they're like, "Fine, let's just keep selling the toys, whatever." But they didn't like how much money it was costing to make, mm. and the, apparently a lot of the executives always had the whole opinion that they should just be dubbing the Japanese show because that's always worked for kids' TV. If you dub over stuff, yeah, sure, mm. um, live action, whatever. That's how it should go. Yeah, but um, so every series, the the budget gets reduced further and further, and. Jungle Fury did its best with the budget it had, and it used up. It used it well, and even chucked in a couple of new rangers and stuff like that. They they stretched their budget thin on that show. When you get to RPM, the producer of the show burnt through the budget so quickly that halfway through the show he got fired because he spent the entire show's budget halfway through. So they basically cancelled next year's Power Rangers series, <laughs> used the budget for that to finish the series, and they made probably the best series of Power Rangers out of it. It's fucking shocking. It looks really good. Um, it's got a massive high concept storyline where, like, friggin' for Power Rangers anyway, um, where there's been an apocalypse. One of the characters, a Vengex virus it's called, mm-hmm. was unleashed, and it basically destroyed the entire land and turned people into robots and stuff like that and just... That's always good. All sorts of shit. And the last piece of civilization is living in a dome city called Corinth. Um, and the you know they've got these Power Rangers protecting it. There's three of them at the start and two others join them as it goes along and stuff. Um, and the person who's behind the Power Rangers is Dr. K. And she's like a... You get the impression that she's... That when you first meet her, at first she's just like a talking voice and you never see her. And then she comes out and she's like a 16-year-old girl or something. Well, a 16-year-old played by a 20-year-old. But... Um, She's wearing a school uniform under a lab coat all the time. And you find out all this backstory, and it, the backstory is like really harsh. Like the first episode has one of the characters played by Echo Darville, legend, mm-hmm. you know, in Jessica Jones. Yeah. Um, him get just getting into Corinth before the shuts come down on it and it gets closed off with um, Rose McIver. She rescues him. And later on, you find out their backstory and how they, how everything came together. 
Um, but you find in the first episode, you find out his brothers died while they were out the other side of the wall. And a few episodes later, you see it happen. His brother fucking gets blown up in his jet. They're like jet pilots. And they're flying along. And you see his brother out the window in the jet. And he's like, they're kind of, boom, the whole jet blows up. And he finds the wreckage. No body, but it's blown up. And you think, like, this is Power Rangers. Like, the villains are making cyborgs and stuff like that. He's going to find his brother later. He's going to be a cyborg. No, his brother's dead for the whole series. And when you see Rose McIver's character's backstory, she's like some rich kid. And she couldn't buy her way into Corinth because they didn't care. They were just grabbing whoever they could to get in there as quick as possible. And her butler's helping her get there. And her butler fucking dies. Like, just people keep dying. And it's probably the first series of Power Rangers ever where they've gone straight up and said, you're going to die. This You'll be killed. Like, they never use those words. Do you remember, like, how Dragon Ball Z and Yu-Gi-Oh! used to avoid saying yeah. death? Yeah. Like, in Yu-Gi-Oh!, when people lost the card games with the high stakes, they didn't die. They went to the Shadow Realm. Yeah. And Dragon Ball Z was like, oh, no, he's just gone to the dragon place. No, he just went to the hell. Out, no, he hung out with um, King... He's gone to Kamehameha. hang out with the dog. Our dog that we had last no, year. King Kamehameha. He, <laughs> yeah, Kamehameha. Uh, no, King Kamehameha. No, Kamehameha. Kamehameha. King Kamehameha. He's hanging out with that racist Gollywood yeah, dude. Yeah, that's the, that's the <laughs> yeah. dude that they used to hang out with in heaven. Yeah, Mr. Bopo. Um, yeah. But yeah, Power Rangers is just straight up like, fuck it. There's a character introduced towards the end, a villain character, who just turns up out of nowhere and he's like, Vengex has been using the cyborg girl for the whole film, for the yeah. whole series. Um, and obviously she's getting the blame for all the monsters failing because that's never happened before. When has monsters ever won? Not failed in Power Rangers. That doesn't happen. Imagine how many monsters have been killed by the Power Rangers. Anyway, they bring this other character in, and he's like this sleek-looking cyborg who's got a jet, he's got a cape, and he's got a tie, and all this sort of stuff. And he talks with a funny accent, and he's like straight-up sexist, like not even, not even subtly. He's like woman, you can't do this. He's like fucking Dak Rick Douglas in um, yeah. Girlfriend. He's like you're a woman, yeah. <laughs> like um, straight-up sexist. He gets blown up later on. That's quite satisfying when he blows oh, up. Go. But they've done a series where they've, like... It feels like they haven't written it for kids. It feels like they were aiming for teenagers. Like the Arrow and Flash audience. Yeah. That sort of level. But they can't have occasional swears and they can't have too much blood. They have a little bit of blood every now and again. A tiny, weeny bit of blood. Yeah, because you get away a little bit. Mm. But um, the fact, the thing that makes it even better is that the series it's based on is, like, one of the weirdest, wackiest series of Super Sentai there is. The Zords have fucking giant cartoon eyes on them in that series. In that series, they have a little toy car form and they talk to it, and it talks back. They're like machines from another dimension who have come to okay. Earth to stop a machine invasion of Earth. And they're like like they're a car, and it's got a falcon beak at the front with giant eyes. And what they did to explain it is because Dr. K designed it. She's like 16 years old. She's a child, effectively. She made it when she was younger. And she will explain away... To, no, they're not eyes, okay? They're extremely high-tech camera input ocular systems. And it's like they look like fucking cartoon eyes. Um, there's a running gag where she, they go, why are we, where is everyone wearing spandex? It's not spandex, it's a highly advanced nano-weave man fibre. And she gets angry because she's made this amazing stuff and her, the fact she's a kid has bled into it mm. and she won't admit it. But, like that, It looks ridiculous because she's a child. Mm. Um, there's a whole backstory to her that's really good as well where she was abducted when she was like five and put in this secret laboratory called Alphabet Soup. And she was made to solve all these complex equations. And secretly, she's making weapons of war. And she doesn't really know it back then. Because she's just a kid. They'd bring her a birthday cake. They'd tell her she can't go outside because there's sunlight and stuff. And eventually, she realises it was all a lie. And she made the Vengex virus. And her plan was to release it in alphabet soup and take alphabet soup down. But they grabbed her and took her away before she could finish it. And it just wiped out the entire Earth. So she's the reason the entire Earth's dead. 
And it's like, it's a kid show, man. It's about brightly coloured spandex wearing superheroes. Well, it used to be. Yeah. Now it's about this. The gold and silver ranger are psychopaths. They're twins called Gem and Gemma, and all they want to do is blow shit up. They get really fucking excited about blowing shit up to the point where I think they're aroused. And I would think they've been out in the desert for a long time, those twins. I think there's subtext going on here with them. Um, but um, yeah, it fucking really good series. It might be my favourite Power Rangers series. It's consistent the whole way through. Even after they fired the producer, it still felt like it. Um, there's an amazing making of episode. Like, there's an episode that's meant to be a making of, but they're all in character. And like even the cyborg girl tonight seven still talking with her robot voice. So it's like the idea is it's meant to be like they're playing themselves in a TV show about the war on Vengex that you're meant to believe was made at some point after they succeeded or something. And it's like midway through the series and it shows them training for stunts and then you get behind the scenes shots of explosions and stuff going on. At the end they all sit down to watch the action sequence play out and they're having fun with it and stuff. But it's like a really weird way of doing a behind-the-scenes thing and obviously budget-saving because they can shoot the whole thing on handheld cameras now for this. Um, just to, you know, don't need to use much in the way of footage. They can just show a sequence from the Super Sentai episode at the end and say, oh, that's what we filmed and made. Um, but yeah, really good series. The only things I'd say would drag it down, It's it was made in 2009, so everything's colour-graded to one colour because that's what films and stuff were back then. Um, it's brown in this case. Everything's brown. Um, but I guess it's the apocalypse, there's a desert. Brown, sure, fine. Um, and action sequences, again, it's 2009, the Bourne identity hasn't long been out, the camera is shaking around like crazy. Yep. Except the moment they morph. That's when it's clear. That's when it goes to the <laughs> Super Sentai footage. That's and they I've, weren't shaking the cameras around like crazy. Like that one of the Super Sentai things that you showed me, one of the uh, well, Power Rangers things you showed me. No, it was Super Sentai, one mm. of those drunken style. Yeah, it's Die Ranger. Yeah. He's a, he's a freaking legend. Mm. He's the... But uh, yeah, so it's great. One of the characters has gradually turned into a robot. He's got a virus in. He's got he's got a version of the Vengex virus that's turning all his organs into cyborgs. So there's like a ticking clock that eventually he'll be able to be activated by the villain. Um, and it'll just be a robot. Yeah, but it, it'd be under control by them. Is there a cure? They find a way eventually. They find a way to basically stop it progressing. But he stays part robot. He's, yeah, he's a cyborg. He's that's super strong. Awesome. Um, it's also the, probably the first series I can think of where there's a fight scene between like a bunch of just people like having a full fist fight and it's not their power monsters and power rangers or anything like that but it's a prison fight and it's a whole warm prison brawl hmm. and it's like, it does feel like a bit more mature they should let them have some swears I think I'm still disappointed they didn't do that in Arrow just have like a proper prison brawl they did they had a massive great big riot in Arrow it was massive a whole episode was entirely set inside the prison while there was a riot going on and people are getting strung up and hung from ceilings there was like a bit where you walk in a room and there's a bunch of guards Hanging from the ceiling. Yeah, but wasn't it just that he went to a place and it was just a bunch of people fighting in a ring eventually? No, no, that was the Arrow in this series of Arrow. I need to, I need to keep watching then because oh god, the whole episode where the dragon goes in and tries to get no get um. Is that the last episode that they're in the prison? Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay, all right, yeah, that'd be why then. Idiot. All right, no, Fool. fine. Supermax, he just escapes. In uh, Green Arrow, Supermax just escapes. Mm. But uh, they, um, yeah, Power Rangers RPM. It's really good. Yeah, yeah. And the following series, I'm skipping the 2010 series. It's not really a Power Rangers series. It's okay. a, it's the first Mighty Morphin series redone with 90s funky graphics. That's the one you told me about. Yeah, yeah. it is awful. I've tried watching it once because I was like, I watched the HD version. Oh my god. 
Um, and next series to watch. <laughs> the next series to watch is Samurai, where in 2011 they finally went high definition yeah. and widescreen. Because that's been a thing for the last few series. They've been squeezing widescreen footage into 4 3 ratio every now and again. Have you watched this yet? No. Nah. But um, Samurai, um, I've watched two episodes so far. It's, uh, it's not going well. No. Two episodes, not a single one of the cast can act. Like, it's shocking. It sounds about right. Like, which is, I mean, I mean, I'm not expecting much from Power Rangers, but RPM had some pretty decent performances in it. You know, Ekadarva and Rose McIver are pretty good. The guy who plays Ziggy, the Green Ranger, is a delight. He's not in much else. He's a skinny little weird lad. But um, he was quite fun and comedic. He does like shadow puppets. But they're like insane. It's a running gag that his shadow puppets are insanely good. Like he'll hold his hand up to some light and it'll be a full-blown perfect like rooster or something. And he's, he's just doing <laughs> shadow puppets. Um, but yeah, that actually helps save the day in an episode. Yay. <laughs> um, but yeah, good stuff. Well, good. Like I'd say if you if you got your your prejudices about Power Rangers, give it a try. Because it's actually, it's, it is really friggin' shockingly good. People fucking die in this series. Yeah. A guy blows up, like a human in a jet, blows up violently. <laughs> it's like... None of the monsters talk as well, which I thought was quite nice. They have these monsters who are like, one of them's a fucking window cleaning spray bottle. <laughs> and instead of talking, they're just like going... Oh, that's cool. Good way to save budget. You don't have to fire 50 voices for voice actors for the voice roles. I started, I, I started writing a script recently and mm. I was looking at some Power Rangers villains because... The monster that's the monster that I'm sort of hedging everything on is a bit like the Tar Man from Return of the Living Dead. But I was trying to find an equivalent of that from modern like and all of the searches I did brought up fucking power. Just look up the monster, the alien they introduced in Star Trek Discovery this week, the Baul. Is it was it like fucking horrifying? Is it really? Yeah, it just there's like a pool of black oil and it like rises out of the oil. See, that's kind of that's kind and of what I'll be looking at. But it's it, got like hair or or tendrils or something. Yeah, you can't see its face and its voice sounds like it's not coming from anywhere. Mm. And it's just like oil and you never see it. It's only in one scene and oh. then it disappears. I'm gonna have a look. But it looks like something from the ring. Yeah, I'll have a look because it's that's similar <laughs> to what I'm trying to similar to what I'm trying to write. Um, but anyway, uh, is that your is that your last week? Yeah, Power right. Rangers RPM. Fun fact: that series almost had a theme tune by Dan Avadan. He auditioned for. Oh, Dan Avadan, who wrote Dan Avadan, who fucking wrote "Put my penis in your mouth." Oh, you know from Ninja Sex Party. Oh right, if we were gay. Yeah, yeah. That's a great song. You can find it on YouTube. You can find him singing. There's a video. Someone must have chucked it up there at some point. Got hold of it. But it's him singing the Power Rangers RPM thing. Oh. Power Rangers RPM getting gear. A puppy legs and yeah. smother. Yeah. That from now on though, um they trade on nostalgia a lot in the newer series. Yeah. Um and every series, practically every single one, has a variation of Go Go Power Rangers. Oh really? But it's like really forced. Oh. So it's not like the movie they did recently where they had that theme tune just sort of Oh, they literally just played the theme tune on that, but this one's like they have a song, and then the chorus always seems to lean towards just going "Go Go Power Rangers, Samurai Forever Rangers Together" or something. I really like the new film they did. It's fun. Probably anyway, they're doing uh, a sequel. They are, yeah. Mm. Somehow, probably with not without the Pink Ranger. Probably without any of the range. Wait, why not the Pink Ranger? Because she's got Disney money now. Has she? She's in. She's Jasmine and Aladdin. Oh fuck! Yeah, good on her. She's very attractive. Oh, well, let's, no one goes to see Aladdin, but it's not going to happen, is it? Because Will Smith's in it with his scary CGI body. <laughs> People fucking love those Disney live-action remakes, I know, I know. and it's bizarre. 
Beauty and the Beast, the best thing about Beauty and the Beast was seeing it and seeing the before the effects. The behind the scenes stuff, yeah. yeah. Um anyway, um all right, so my my final review this week is the problem is that it's it's two things kind of but it's no, not it's two one things. Thing. So I've watched a lot of superhero TV shows this last couple of weeks because we had Umbrella Academy released. Did you watch Umbrella Academy? No. Did you watch any of Umbrella Academy? No. Okay. So Umbrella Academy is an interesting program. It was written by Jared Way, who is, yes, the guy from My Chemical Romance. Um, And it's about... He's not okay. (laughs) Tina just scared the living shit out of me. Um, So it's about um, one day in 1977. This is the comics. I can't remember the date in the TV program. Mm. Um, in 1977, mysteriously, 67 women all suddenly fell pregnant without having shown any signs previously and gave birth instantly. Oh, that must be a shock. And so this philanthropist went and basically tried to round up as many of those children as he could. And in quite a funny scene, he goes around going to people and he just basically goes up to them and goes, how much do you want for your baby? And then they say, obviously, then it just it cuts insinuating that they've said, fuck off, you crazy old man. Mm. He manages to get seven. Yeah. And each of the seven has a distinct power. He's basically getting a superhero team together to save the world. Um, and and they're all misfits. They all have odd powers. Like one has the ability to, um, to open up his chest and he can essentially draw demons from other, other planes of existence into our reality. So the show, he pulls his chest open and tendrils come out and these things start dragging people inside of him and it's, it's just basically like a portal. Another one could talk to the dead, but there's also... That doesn't seem helpful. They're dead. <laughs> yeah. He also hints at the ability to what resurrect up to? people. Not much, just lying in the ground. Who killed you? That I'm guy. stashing the wind, mate. Got him. Got him. Hmm. I'm the dead person criminal investigating man. And one of them super strong, but also has had his head put onto a space gorilla's body because his body was destroyed when he went and tried to fight some crime on his own. Um, Another one has no powers. Uh, One can convince people to do whatever she wants or convince people of whatever reality she wants as long as she says, I heard a rumour before then stating whatever she wants the truth to be. Yeah, which Um, comes in problem with she has a fandom of like video games or whatever, Star Trek. She just starts talking about it and suddenly everyone's got a different version of Star Trek in their head. That's it. And then the final one, the seventh one, um, he is, uh, he appears like a young boy. He appears like a 12 year old, uh, when it actually he's 67 years old. He was, when he was 12, he had a falling out with his, with his adopted grandfather, his adopted father, I guess you could call him. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and the whole thing has, um, has started because he can teleport between spaces, but also he's a very, very gifted intellectual and he thinks he can use that power to travel through time. And he's, you know, the the philanthropist tries to convince him not to do that, but he does it anyway and then gets trapped in the future and sees a, an apo- apocalyptic future mm-hmm. and knows only the date when it's going to begin. That leads into him being hired by a group of time-travelling um, agents who essentially stop anyone from fucking with the original time. So there's a timeline. Yeah. If anyone splinters off or does anything... When he travels to the thing. future, does he see a newspaper blown in the wind that has the date on it? That's it. So that's how he knows the date. Well, it's so the only way anyone finds out a date. There's always just a date. Interestingly enough... newspaper so displayed somewhere. The, the newspaper doesn't hold any information. 
yeah. except for the date. And the only reason he knows that nothing was wrong on that date is because everything seems to be exploded mm. and the newspaper is just like a regular newspaper from the very last day. There needs to be a thing where like, they, they see the newspaper, but it's like an old one that's been discarded yeah. in the woods for months. Because who throws away a new newspaper? There's, <laughs> There's no like, uses for that. like, hey, wait, it says it's happening next week and he's just ignoring that the pages are yellow and it's falling <laughs> apart. There's a picture of Sam Fox in it in page three. What's happening? Um, yeah. It's a very... You, do you remember that Patrick H. Williams short that was what if Paul W. S. Paul W. S. Anderson directed the X Men? Oh yeah, years ago. Yeah, I watched yeah. that years ago. Yeah. Very, very similar to that. They all yeah. wear these very. You know, is Noah Baumbach Spider Man one. Yeah, but um, it's very similar to that. Everybody's wearing like the school uniforms. They all fight yeah. crime. The guy who can speak to the dead is played by um, is played by the kid from Misfits, who in yeah. Misfits was immortal, couldn't be killed. Um, and so that's interesting because I don't think American audiences have been introduced to Robert Sheehan much, except for recently when he was it. Misfits was popular in America. Was it really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Went oh, for a Because I think they were talking about doing an American remake of it as well. Like, oh, really? To carry it on. Because <coughs> he was, he's recently been in Mortal Engines. He's mm. in this. And then he's also um, the lead in um, a David Tennant film called Bad Samaritan that I was watching on Sky earlier. Mm. And then also he's got some acclaim from. What else is he in? Who cares? I don't know. God, he's in something else that's really big right now. He's like 10, isn't he? Or something. No, he's 31. Oh, he's older than I am. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so it's it's a really interesting concept. There's some nice moments. Um, Robert Sheehan, he's a drug addict, and they don't really reveal much about his sexuality. But there's um, one point he gets one of the briefcases from one of the agents, accidentally teleports himself to Vietnam, and he spends a year fighting in the Vietnam War. And then it eventually enough. finds out how to work the briefcase, comes back, and then immediately just smashes the shit out of it, just kicks it, <laughs> and just catches fire. And he's like, thank fuck for that. But then um, the reason that he has chosen a year before he comes back is he fell in love with uh, with another soldier. And there's an interesting scene in which he goes... Dr. In- Manhattan comes on and blows him up. Yeah. <laughs> there's an interesting scene in which he goes into a bar for VAs, you know, like veterans in America, whatever. Mm. And uh, he looks on the wall and he- there's a picture and it's him in the company... And next to him is the guy that he fell in love with, who was sadly shot. Uh, but yeah, so it's it's a fairly good series. Like, it's not going to blow anyone out of the water. It's not going to blow anything out of the water. It's not as good as the first series. The first series of Daryl. Sorry, guys. Or Jessica Jones. It's not, it's not as good as Jessica Jones or Daredevil, because I think the problem is that there's a lot in this that requires a massive budget and in particular, as a character that is just, it's just a chimp mm. that has the brain of the, well, has the intelligence of a person, like high intelligent, mm. highly intelligent chimp that can talk, who's basically like they're looking after them when they're living in this house and reconnecting. Um, and he is completely CGI and looks great, mm. but that must have cost a fuck ton of money. <laughs> so he's not in it. has got one of the monkeys from Planet of the Apes, just reused it. Yeah, there yeah. you go. Yeah, that'll do. Um, but yeah, it's really interesting. It's really, it's kind of fun. It's funny. You know, it's got silly moments. And at the same time, there is some really good action in there. It doesn't rely too much on CGI. And having, I mean, standouts are like the characters you'd expect. You know, super strong guy is pretty dense. It doesn't really have much character going on. The woman who can tell anyone what she wants, she doesn't really have a ton of character going on. Ellen Page gets into a romance with one of the guys from o- Overlord. Uh, one of the actors that doesn't from that. sound believable. Uh, but she gets into a, into a romance with him, and and that's played. At first, it starts out as very sweet, but you can see there's like tinges of evil in there. And then after that, you're like, "How is she falling for this?" So I don't think I think they were expecting more episodes to fill that out. Maybe 
There's still there's a few more in the comic, I think. Yeah, yeah. There's well, this is this is like two stories from the comic mixed together, mm. and then the next one's going to be like two more mixed together. Um, but yeah, I I enjoyed it a lot. I'd recommend it. But um, it's sort of it's a very weird companion piece to how this week has gone because we also got Doom Patrol's first two episodes being released. No one cares about that. And they're almost exactly the same concept. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, because you've got so like cyborg needs some help and he goes and grabs a team and no, no, oddly enough, no. So um, cyborg looks like he's wearing yeah, he's wearing a Halloween costume. Yeah, no. So Umbrella Academy is seven kids get get bought when they're babies and the guy raises them and then they fight crime and then they split apart because they don't like each other. They come back together and they find out their family and then you know all the other stuff. Doom Patrol, five misfits. Uh, they're they're aided by a mysterious rich philanthropist who pulls them together, um, and and he is basically training them to save the end, save the world because he knows the world's going to end. It's the exact same concept. <laughs> the difference is that um, Doom Patrol, which is way better than I was expecting it to be, mm. the the heart and soul of it is Brendan Fraser, who plays Robot Man. He has a voice. I know, but he plays him in the past as well, mm-hmm. which is really weird because Brendan Fraser is doughy. It's okay, can be if he wants. But he's like big doughy. He's not doughy as a Martian Manhunter was in no, that Justice not, League. No, he's not. Play, he's but... not Vernon Wells doughy. <laughs> yeah. um, but he is. He's he's big. It's not Vernon Wells. It's fucking uh, this guy from Mash. Is it really? Yeah, Vernon Wells was fucking ransick in time power and just time. Oh, force. okay. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Yeah, fucking so um, dis- Vernon Wells. Sorry. he was he was Bennett. In commando, he was Bennett in commando. Yeah, he let off some steam. So back to um, back to Doom Patrol. See, Robot Man's our heart and soul in this, and he's basically just a brain and a body, yeah, like a male body. And he swears, and there's loads of swearing. And it's really edgy and stuff like that. That's because it's on the DC network. They yep. swear on there. I said fuck Batman. Do you remember that one? Yeah, Robin I remember that. Fuck fucking awful. Um, so the first episode, there's no cyborg. It doesn't mm. get introduced. Mm. Um, the people that were introduced to are Crazy Jane. Um, yeah, he's there uh, from Two and a Half Men. Yeah. yeah. You've got Crazy Jane. April Bowery. Yeah, you've got Crazy Jane. You've got The Woman Who Melts. I can't remember her name. And you've got Matt Bomber. Bomber. Boomer. Bomer. Matt Bomber. Yeah. Matt Bomber. Who is one of, the most, one of the most incredibly attractive men in the world, wrapped in bandages. Nice. <laughs> and covered in a heavy prosthetic when not wrapped in bandages. Cool. But he plays himself in the flashbacks. And then you've got, um, and then you've got Robot Man played by, um, played by Brendan Fraser. And it's weird. Is he a robot? He is. Like his face doesn't move. Yeah. So like, he's like a Power Rangers robot. Yeah, essentially. His face doesn't move. It's just his eyes sort of open and close and that's it. His mouth doesn't move. There's a bit in the first episode, Samurai, one of the monsters, the villain is talking and his underlings going, oh, you talk pretty much for a guy who can't move his mouth. <laughs> but yeah, it doesn't move. It doesn't move. And like, and the costume looks really goofy. Like they've put him in a leather jacket. That has like the sleeves torn, so they just dangle about. Mm. It's just so goofy. But at the same time, this is kind of the good goofy, mm. because even though he's goofy and like he runs awkwardly and he moves awkwardly and he doesn't move his mouth, mm. he he still he still fits in. Like they give him action scenes that are going to be easy. It's like Zedless Justice League, isn't it? it Doom is. Patrol. Like, um, but um, highlight this: you've got. Um, so it's not even Justice League Dark. Like, no, <laughs> you've got Timothy Dalton, who is as always fantastic, charming, yeah. completely effortlessly charming, and then you've got Alan Tudyk as the main villain, oh. which I didn't realise. Is he Bruce Wayne's uh, cousin? Yeah, yeah. Is that yeah. show? 
um, it was a terrible show. Depowered or unpowered or yeah, yeah. Well, it was like a whole bunch of people selling. Uh, well, they making like they were making like Wayne Enterprises gadgets, weren't they? Yeah, that was a show. Yeah, that was bad. Vanessa Hudgens in it and Danny Pudi. Yeah, but um, but he in this he plays the main villain and he is essentially a um an old adventurer or like a treasure stealer, like an Indiana Jones but a villain version who paid a Nazi a ton of money and that Nazi basically gave him the power to to cause chaos, like absolute chaos. So he could t- take one thing and make it work completely differently and it would work to whatever rhyme or reason he wanted it to. But the payment for that is that his whole body's pulled apart into chunks. So whenever he's on screen, he's kind of... You remember Hollow Man? Mm. With the rubber mask effect where they like tear it and you can see within. Yeah. It's like that, but he's like, di- like fragmented blocks. So like part of his face is visible. Like for the most part, you can't see his right eye and most of his the top of his head. Yeah. It's just like the bottom part of his jaw and then his nose and then part of his eye and then another part. And it's really interesting. It's a good effect and it's a weirdly distinct way to have a villain. But I feel like they didn't think about the budget when they made a lot of this. Because there's like a black hole at one point. It doesn't matter. I'm sure the DC network's pulling in all sorts of money. There's a real bad effect. you can only effect, subscribe to it in America. Real bad effect when Cyborg and, um, Cyborg and Robot Man get dragged into a donkey. Yeah, there's a donkey that's got a keyhole that the liquid lady melts into to go inside of, and that looks bad. But then it looks even worse when those two get dragged into it. sure you were watching a TV show and you weren't tripping balls? Look, honestly, I am struggling to... I'm struggling to make this make as much sense as possible. One of the weirder things... You could have just stuck with Umbrella thing and just worried about Doom Patrol when it's finished. The problem is they're exactly the same. Yeah, because you could have reviewed Doom Patrol weeks later and no one noticed you're doing the same thing twice. so fucking similar. We'll waste a review. I have to sow the seeds for this. Um, so Doom Patrol, um, yeah. It's, yeah what, about, what about Doom Patrol when it's finished? One of the weird things is that in the first episode, the passage of time is 50 years or 30 mm. years. No one ages. Crazy Jane doesn't age. Matt Bomer doesn't age. It's Melty Lady doesn't age. Timothy Dalton doesn't age. Like, just time doesn't matter. And that's a mistake. And in general, you don't really... To you... In general, you don't really know when it's taking place. You kind of do and you don't. Like, the Melly woman is like a 50s actress, hmm. but she looks 25, Faye. Yeah, well, they've done the thing they do with Gotham, where it's got no time. So time just doesn't pass. No, it's where there is no distinct time zone it takes place in. But no, she, they say 50s, and then there is a time thing, and it says 70s is when Brendan Fraser dies. Comic book times, man. And then they're in 2019 when it's actually happening, like all the hmm. crazy stuff. It's just really strange. Uh, but yeah, all in all, I enjoyed it. It's a lot better than Titans. It's actually fun. It's fucking stupid, though. It's good. Yeah. A lot of things to be stupid. Brendan Fraser. It's nice to see Brendan Fraser again. Yeah. Even if he isn't recognisable. I'm sure it'll be on Netflix when they get done it'll with it. It'll be on Netflix in like a week, probably. Well, gonna... they'll, they'll do what they did with Titans, and when Titan, it finishes, they'll chuck it yeah. all on Netflix, won't they? DC Studios will it'll go bankrupt mm. in about a month. <laughs> They're not showing the animated films on that DC service. <laughs> they're not showing live action. Because there's that new friggin... What is it? The new DC animated film that's like a sequel to Justice League Unlimited. It's got um, Jessica Cruz in it and friggin... I can't remember the other guys. One of the, one of the Legion of Superheroes from the future. Oh. Yeah. But it's a new animated DC film that's out in like next month and it's friggin... It is Justice League Unlimited sequel. Kevin, Kevin Conroy coming back. Yeah, yeah. It's got Batman, Superman, like the old... Justice League Unlimited designs 
Michael think... Rosenbaum's going to be Flash again. I don't think he's in it. I think it's... Fuck's sake. It's like basically like the Justice League has fallen apart and they've put in together a team of new guys. You get me excited about But Michael Jessica Cruz, man, one of the best uh, yeah. Green Lanterns that no one cares about, but, you know. Yeah. It's nice to have other Green Lanterns that aren't Hal Jordan and Guy Gardner. That's true. Yeah. It is. Guy Gardner's such a fucking boring Green Lantern. <laughs> he is, isn't he? Let's face He's it. He's a piece of shit. <laughs> in Justice League Unlimited, he was a twat. That was what the whole thing was. No one liked him at all. Well, in, in the mm. actual in the actual continuity of um, Green, Green Lanterns, isn't he a Red Lantern now? Because he couldn't control yeah. himself. But he was... Because they made him the Green Lantern and no one liked him. And he got Jason Todd, basically. They just replaced him. Yeah. Because no one liked him. They got Jon Stewart, didn't they? The host of Daily Show. Um, so, yeah. You're done now. Yes, I'm done. All I'm right. done. That's Something. yeah. That's my last. That's my last week. Oh, uh, Umbrella Academy. Um, uh, I'm going to give it a finger in the Kirsten Dunst. Kirsten Dunst. Kirsten Dunst. Fair enough. Yeah, pretty good. Pretty good. Not great, but good. Yeah. Don't yeah. see her in stuff nowadays. No. Well, that's not true. She was in. Um, the fuck was that? I don't Von know. Troyer film? Melancholia. Melancholia. That was like seven years ago. It's only seven years ago. That's how recently we've seen it. Only seven years. Jeez. What? No, that was Reese Witherspoon. So <laughs> <laughs> anyway, everybody, 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 everybody. You can find Ant at LV54SpaceMonkey on Twitter. Oh, you can don't. also find him on YouTube. His name is Mellow Gaming on YouTube. He is the most popular mellow gaming channel. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Most popular? Yeah, sure. Why not? Of any other channel. Most popular channel. Most popular. I've heard mm. a rumour. Uh, Does the rumour come out? I don't know. Does Bruno Mars is oh, gay? Oh, the rumour. Wait, no, no. Um, I found a secret to know. A secret. To... No, the super stank. Anyway, so, uh, and you can find me. Did you see the latest rock <laughs> bit, rock, um, Beef that's going on. No. Once uh, Corey from Slipknot said that um, Imagine Dragons are, are this generation's Nickelback. <laughs> it's not wrong. That's that's not wrong. that's the status of rock beef these days. That's all right because because um, fucking um, Slipknot have become this year. Well, Slipknot have become this generation's end of Metallica's last generation. Slipknot are this generation's Beach Boys. <laughs> they're going to be doing. They're going to be doing the fucking like. You know the whatever you call it, not the farewell tours, but you know when they just they just go around so yeah. the middle aged people can enjoy them. Yeah, yeah. We're like, we're singing the song slower now, but you know you still enjoy them. <sighs> I went to go see Slipknot and Suicidal Tendencies were playing before Suicidal them. Suicidal Tendencies rock. And you know <laughs> you know when you see a band that are high energy and then you see another band and the energy's all on screen playing mm. a video behind them. <laughs> that was kind of what it was like. Um, anyway, sorry. So, uh, and yeah, you can find me at Critipocalypse on Twitter and also Critipocalypse on YouTube, but I don't do anything on YouTube because I'm lazy. Yeah, and also I yeah work you are very lazy. I work a lot. Yeah. yeah. You know. You're very lazy. Um, Incredibly lazy. It's shocking, yeah. actually. It's just... As always... It's astounding how lazy. Yeah. Trump yeah. fucks kids. Yeah. It's just Apparently. a fact. So does R. Kelly now, as a fact. That, that's... That's been going on for decades. Yeah. Well, so is the, so is the Trump thing. Yeah. Yeah. She grabs underage girls by the pussy. Everybody forgets that there's underage girls in that story, don't they? Oh, so the KKK are all fucking morons and cunts. Anyway, and... 
Can I? Can you just not you for once? No, it's fine. Don't worry about it. You're gonna cut off half our viewers, <laughs> listeners. That sort of talk. <laughs> we're really big with the anti-Semites. Yeah, we didn't realise it, yeah. but we're gonna lean into it a little bit. Yeah, you went and said something positive about Jeremy Corbyn. <laughs> and everyone's all about the anti-Semitism. Look, right, we'll use a code. We Kirby Jorbin from now. Mm. No, no, no. See you later, guys. Fuck off.